What's up, everybody? Another episode of the Straight Cut coming to you from West End Cigars. I am Aaron. This is Mark. And tonight we have one of our dearest friends, one that I've I've known for shit. I mean, a while until yep. he moved. Uh, you know, you and him used to hang out all the time on Friday nights. We just we got done talking about that. Yeah. Um, I've gone to many great festival parties with him. <laughs> we have. I feel sad that I didn't get an invite. It sounded like those were uh, good times. I, I have the pictures. Um, <laughs> those should be deleted. I have a feeling. <laughs> we have Dr. Christopher Smith across the chair from us tonight. How hey you guys? Doing? doing great. Man, I'm glad to see you. It is great to see you. Yeah. It's been a long time. It yeah. has been a long time. Yeah, I guess but... I saw you about a month ago or so. and Yeah. Maybe six weeks ago or so. But Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, probably about a month and a half, but. I mean, with everything going on, yeah, it feels good to you know see your friends that yeah yeah you really like. I saw you, you know, hanging <laughs> out with Will today, and it looks like you got some like nice artillery shells yeah. shot out. And yeah, man, we we really got into. Um, he's always been a, a a gun fanatic, and so I've started to to get into it. I own uh, two fi- two handguns, and he said, "Man, you have to get an AR-15." And I'm thinking. I don't want anything that big. He said, well, just, just try it, just shoot it. <laughs> and so that's what happened. I shot it and now I'm addicted. I'm like, I want one. <laughs> and then I'm like, it's a zombie apocalypse going to happen, you know, next year because with everything going on, I'm thinking we might, <laughs> we, we might, you know, <laughs> it might even be 2021. It might, we're still, we're still due seven months. So, <laughs> so Will is in the Will who works here. No, no, Will Robinson. Will Robinson. Okay, um, yeah, I've been thinking about an AR-15 as well, just because <laughs> it, at this point anything is possible. It feels uh, very possible. I I've not shot an AR-15. It was pretty cool. I've shot tons of shotguns. It, it was man, and and the the biggest thing I was concerned about is the the kickback. Yeah, and there really wasn't. And someone as small as I am, you know, I right. was very concerned. I'm thinking so dainty. Yeah, so dainty. Like, <laughs> you know, after I shot, I'm thinking, and I feel like Rambo. You know, yeah. um, I think this is gonna work. Just get get the the red headband and uh-huh. and tie it around the and jade necklace. Yeah. <laughs> well, to, cool. tonight we are smoking Mark's favorite cigar in the whole yes, wide world. Um, <laughs> we're smoking the Oliva V Milano Figurado. Yes, it's um, a beautiful cigar. Absolutely. <laughs> you're, you're such full of shit. No, that, it's a beautiful cigar. It is. That's kind of like the girl that has a nice personality. Yes, but, that's exactly like that. That's but, like that. Um, so, um, <laughs> yes, it is um, uh, not one of my top choices, but uh, I'm really excited to smoke it Yeah, well, that's like last week. We smoked the Judge, which honestly isn't one of my favorites either. And yeah. it ended up being a solid smoke. It was all right. It's not my... My issue is like, like with last week, the my father... Uh, you know, selection is so vast. Yeah. If you, like I said, if you have 12 cigars, there's going to be an number yep. 12 somewhere. It's just like we talked about, you know, who was the worst player of the 97 bulls? Well, there's got to be somebody that's the right. worst player on the 97 bulls. So it just, it just has to happen. So, right. and who's the worst beetle? <laughs> well, according to you is Ringo Starr. <laughs> yes. So. Um, I love the Oliva V a lot. It's, it's just the, so. Fans. It's just the Milano. Yes. Okay. So I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I haven't, yeah. to be honest with you, smoked this in the situation where I've been around with some good friends, mm-hmm. smoking and chatting. 
So maybe that'll change the impression. I've always yeah. smoked the Milano alone, so maybe it's too, well. Maybe that's the a first thing. the people I'm around when I smoke it. Maybe which it's has like always the Blanco. Me. Yeah, maybe it's like the Blanco thing. Maybe you're smoking this cigar around assholes, so it just yes. you know got the asshole flavor. So the the asshole percentage is coming down tonight to just thirty three percent. I'm the asshole, huh? No, me. Oh, because okay. <laughs> I'm the one who's always been alone with myself smoking it. So. We're also drinking Stone's Throw beer again tonight. We're having a new limited release, the Cocoa Celebration Milk Chocolate Stout. Woohoo! Man. Little uh, Casey in the Sunshine Band. I love it. So Yeah, it is um it's delicious. It is, it is. And we'll get our our uh, you know, thoughts on that and the cigar as well yep. later on through the episode. But Definitely. uh, you know, we're glad to have you on. We are. You know, it's, uh, Thanks, guys. <laughs> I've, you know, it's one. So this is uh, the next continuation to our leadership uh, kind of thing that we're doing. We yeah. had uh, Mike and Tim on um, six yeah. weeks or two months ago or so. Yeah. And then, you know, we got that side of the leadership. This one is going to be more on the education side because sure. you are the, I guess you, you say, what is your title, um, doctor? Yeah. Um, dean of Student Services at... Uh, the University of Arkansas Hope Texarkana. Nice. So it's a two-year institution, a part of the University of Arkansas system. Uh, we have actually three campuses. Uh, we have a campus in Hope, a campus in Texarkana, and we just opened um, a bladesmithing campus in historical Washington. Okay. Okay. And so uh, it's been a blast. I've been there going on a year and a half. Yeah. So uh, – is before that you were at Philander Smith. Yeah. Program coordinator uh, for special programs, special assistant to the president. And so in those three years, um, I learned a lot. You know, coming in uh, to higher education was really new to me uh, on the professional side. And then uh, when the opportunity came to go back home to the institution where I started and then being able, you know, more equipped to to help those students mm-hmm. in any way possible. I mean, it was almost like a match made in heaven. So though I had cool. to leave you guys, I had to go to, you know, pursue my, my passion. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm glad about that, but um, I've really been burning I 30 up coming up here. So <laughs> yeah. it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. So you know where all the speed traps are. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are a couple on that road. So, so why education? So you, I mean, you, you know, obviously you, PhD is not an insignificant amount of effort. It's a lot, but why education over, you know, why was that your calling? I, I'm off script immediately, but I hear you say that was your calling. So why? Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's funny because a lot of times we do go through life and we have an idea of this is what I want to do. This is my life. Yeah. But when you have that open, honest conversation with yourself and, you know, whatever higher being, uh, if, you know, you believe in that, uh, just kind of have those frank conversations. And so after doing that and just sitting still, like not trying to force my life uh, to go in one direction or the other, it, it came about that once I got involved in higher ed, I realized that so many young folks, uh, especially in this generation, um, need as much guidance and support and more so uh, positive reinforcement. Because so many, uh, especially at Philander, um, 
it's more so a a microcosm of the country. You have folks from Chicago, Los Angeles, New Orleans, Baton Rouge, uh, Little Rock, D.C., just all over. And they're bringing those parts of, you know, their respective hometowns and um, cities and states with them. And so a lot of times those students may not have that support system. And so this is an opportunity for them to uh, possibly get out of a bad neighborhood, out of a bad um, home situation. And they need as many individuals speaking positivity and life into them. And so for that three and a half years, I was grateful for for those opportunities. And um, I was director of a summer bridge program while there. And it's, you know, six month, I mean, six week, excuse me. Um, pretty much academic boot camp where we're helping students with remedial needs um, get to a level playing field in the fall. And so it's around the clock uh, work. And so each year, you know, we will have about 100 to 150 uh, students each summer. And as the relationships and bonds begin to connect with those students, um, just very organically. Each summer, I would have various sessions with the students and I would say, you know, I'm, I'm proud of you all. You all are doing great. Um, it's, it's something that I want to do. I said, I want to, as you're here at Flander, I want to adopt you as, and the program was called Start. And I would say, I would like to adopt you as my Start children. And automatically, students begin to call me Dad, Start Dad, Mr. Chris, any of those terms. And I think dad really resonates because you know you you see a father figure as someone who is supportive who may discipline or talk to you to help you learn various lessons and so that kind of resonated in itself and I still have great relationships with those students today where they'll call text or email and say hey um can you write me a letter of recommendation and I'll knock it out in about an hour, send it to them about a week later. They say, Oh my goodness, I got the job or I got the scholarship. Yeah. Like I read the letter. I almost cried. And I'm thinking, well, everything in that letter is true. It's because I watched you grow up and I can only imagine what it's like for someone who uh, either has their own children or stepchildren or who raised nieces and nephews yeah. to see someone grow uh, into the young man and young woman they're supposed to be. And so to kind of follow in, Mark, closer to your point, now that I'm back home, those students, they see, oh, he, you're a doctor. Yeah. Oh, you went to, uh, you know, UA Little Rock. Absolutely. You went to Arkansas State for your master's. Yeah. And you went to USC in Southern Cal for your doctorate. Absolutely. I said, but guess what? I started right here in Hope at a two-year institution and their like mind is blown because they're thinking if he started here and he's now at the top of his game academically and he's back home to help in as several ways as possible this is a great this is a great dude like yeah, yeah. and and the biggest thing now is I tell folks to this day, I haven't had a day of work yet. 
because I'll, you know, you can do your eight to five. That's fine. And times I'll be there, maybe five thirty or six or just whatever. I'll get home, uh, may do a workout and then have a, a cigar. But at the same time, I'm thinking and writing down different ideas of how I can actively engage students to make them feel more welcome. While at the same time, looking at emails and reports of students who are having issues in classes. And what I love to do is intervene and ask the student, what's going on? Um, are you needing a tutoring? Are you you know, having a hard time learning this particular material? And I'll also reach out to the instructor. And what really helps the student's case is they have a dean who doesn't mind sitting down and talking with their instructor saying, how can I be of service to you? Because a lot of times folks may look at it as to where I'm in support of the student. I'm beating up against the instructor. Like, no, I'm on both sides. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure that the instructor feels supported and the student feels supported. And once that relationship, or once that foundation is laid and that relationship is built, then you will see so much happen with that. And and I just love it because, um, especially when I was younger, I always said, I want to be in a position in life to where I can um, pick up the phone, make a phone call and change someone's life or write a letter and things happen. And now I'm in that position and I don't do it for selfish gain. Like I've had folks, you know, help me do things for me. And I'm thinking as long as I'm still living, I want to pay that forward and change as many lives as I can. And so that's that's pretty much what uh, sums up the my passion uh, for education. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's well, it's kind of like we said, you know, when when the when the student succeeds, it kind of goes up the chain. You know, if students succeeds, the instructor and teacher succeeds and it just reflects back on you as well. I mean, that's just that's yeah, that's a good opening for uh, what the what the show is going to be over is Good. you yeah. know so yeah the, uh, it's gonna be a fun one yeah it is and you and I were talking beforehand yeah. about uh, doctor on a plane and 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 that old joke right <laughs> and and but I, but I jokingly said you want to change somebody's life I mean you save somebody's life if they're choking that's a different doctor but education is the way you change people's life long term right. It is. And we're, we're talking about, especially a lot of people who, when you talk about edu- you know, economically and that, go get a, get a college degree, get a chance to go uh, change the trajectory of their life. That's a big deal. It, um, and so that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big calling. Yeah. No, it, it, it is because um, what I love about the, um, the community college um, <clears throat> design is that you can provide degrees and certificates more so if a student wants to receive their associates and then transfer to a four-year we offer that if you have a student who wants to become a CNA we do that as well right. then you have those who may be interested in electricity um, industrial um, technology welding all those other trades. And I remember growing up thinking 
no, you have to have a, a four-year degree. You have to have a master's. You have to have these degrees or you aren't learning. And that was very foolish. But as stated, you know, I was very young at the time. But now you see where now there's a strong push, especially in this state of certificates and, um, you know, other kind of what what they're called badges, Um uh, in, in those respective trades. And so you have um, folks who, you know, you have nurses, you have uh, IT people, all these things, but how many plumbers do you know? Right. You know, h- how many uh, individuals that, as they say, work with their hands? Right. Do you know? And I hate the, the, the perception is that there's no honor in those jobs. Uh, no, there, yeah. <laughs> a, there's great honor and there's great money to be made in I those understand. fields. Yeah. And so it does. I mean, as, as a trade worker, yeah. it does. I mean, it, it kind of has a derogatory term sometimes and it's, and it, and it sucks because, you know, I don't have with, let's say like carpentry work, there is no certification in Arkansas, but like for plumbing and for electrical, mm-hmm. yeah, they have to do the studying. They have to do, yep. you know, all that. And it is a trade, but it is, it's a, you know, it like the line workers, yeah. it's, uh, energy, yeah. they make crazy money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and for the record, rightfully so. I mean, ab- that's, absolutely. That's, that's hard work and that, <laughs> that requires uh, <laughs> skills. I'm not arguing with the point, mm-hmm. um, but I know Scully, uh, a friend of ours was, they were, I mean, the money they make out in California as line oh, yeah. workers is yeah. crazy. Yeah, um, and it, not like not, not unreasonable or crazy, but it's just, it's a lot of money and yeah. because there's so much of a need. Um, and, and when, when I was growing up, the trades were even thought less of than yeah. they are now. Um, there's a push in Arkansas and I'm actually encouraged to see that because to be honest with you, there should be a, there should be a lot of people who consider that. And, um, you know, you and I pursued the education route, but that, yeah. that doesn't work for everybody. No, it, it doesn't. Um, and, you know, to Aaron's point, when, you know, he he told me when I you know, first met him that you know, he does carpentry work and things like my dad, he was a carpenter for, you know, many years um, and a preacher. I'm like, are you do you know this guy that was. You know, a carpenter, then a preacher, but yeah, but um, growing up and you know, a, as a kid, I hated my summers because we always had to help him build something. Always working, always working. I'm like, why can't we be like my friends and just sit in the yeah. house, you know, uh, drinking fruit punch and watching TV? But but in that, I, I witnessed great craftsmanship. Yeah, and now to this day, I know how to use a hammer nail uh tape measure all of those basic skills that um you know i use and either in the work it in my office if i need to put something together or whatever the case may be or you know at at my apartment but seeing that and then seeing some of aaron's handiwork firsthand in in the cigar shop i'm thinking that's great pride in that because you know for for you to have just wood and other materials and then however long it takes, once you're done, yeah. you're like, I did that. Like yeah. that is, it's like, I like seeing something 
seeing materials raw mm-hmm. and seeing a finished product. It's almost like what you see, you know, with your students, you're getting a raw, a raw individual, a raw student. And then you can see that finished product yeah. you know, yeah. a couple of years down, down the line. It's the same thing, just with a different aspect. You know, the education realm wasn't for me. You know, I did sure. one, I did one class in 2003 mm-hmm. for college. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? It's not, it's, it's just not for everybody. And I like working with my, with my hands. I like, you know, being dirty at the end of the day, but I, it's like we said, I like seeing that gratification, seeing the finished product. And that's what drives a lot of trade and craftsmen. Yeah. Units. Well, I think as a world, we need to be more appreciative of what we all bring to the table. So yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. I, I fully agree. So, so one of the things we always let's go uh, through, through our little standard question <laughs> thing. We, we dived into the deep end initially, uh, but uh, I I know what your first cigar is, um, largely because it's in my right hand. But I'd like to hear what your first cigar was. You you started on the low end, I know. No. Yeah. <laughs> so what what was your first cigar? What was the first place? What, tell us about your first cigar. So um, it was what is this twenty twenty? So let's do four years. Uh, twenty sixteen. I my first cigar was the Oliva. Series V Milano, as Mark uh, stated, we're smoking tonight. Um, it was actually a birthday gift. And so um, the girl I was dating at the time, her best friend's boyfriend was into smoking. And, um, you know, I had a little birthday dinner. And then he said, hey, you know, before you leave, I got something for you. I'm thinking, dude, I may have hung out with you twice and you're getting me a gift. I'm thinking, all right, this is, it's going to be pretty cool. And he, he brought the, the cigar and I'm thinking, what, what, like, (laughs) what is this? It looked cool. And, and so, um, yeah, I, I actually had to, you know, Google, like, how do you smoke cigar? How do you cut it? And so I'm, I'm in, you know, went to Dallas for the weekend to celebrate my birthday and, you know, took the cigar with me and, you know, cut it, lit it and started coughing up lungs. <laughs> thinking, this is not how it's supposed to go. And so um I need to read more of the article. Do you? <laughs> yeah, I need, need to read more of the article. And so, you know, with that, I, was, I, I just thought, man, I need to figure something out in regards to. Had to do this, but I, I loved it because it tasted great. And so, uh, you know, doing my research and then that led me to West End, you know, eventually when I returned. And the the funny thing, I was came and said, hey, uh, do you have the it has a V and it's Milanio. And I forgot who was, um, you know, helping me. And they said, yeah, we, we have those. I said, well, yeah, you know, a buddy of mine got it for me for my birthday's first cigar. Uh, I like to purchase one. And he brought it and rung it up. I'm thinking, how much is this? <laughs> I said, man, I said, you don't have anything, you know, half this price, right? <laughs> but no, it, it, it was a great cigar. I mean, it, it's still one of my favorites. And so, um, you know, I always kind of carry that that memory and pride that okay, this was my first cigar that I had, and really, really great. Um, and I kind of segue. 
when I my first time coming here trying out cigars was also one of the first times I met Aaron. And so I remember it was a Saturday afternoon and I came in the night before and um Steve, aka Trader. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey Steve, love you guys. Um we you know, he he I purchased two cigars. I smoked one that, that Friday night and then um I came up Saturday and Aaron was uh sitting on a sofa. And like Aaron, you don't have the full oh, beard I remember, and the I tattoos. The and I'm like, holy crap. They have a bouncer in West End. <laughs> I remember the story. This and I said, um, he just looks at me and I said, Hey, I purchased these yesterday. Um, can I smoke them? And like without getting up or greeting, he said, You bought those from West End? I said, Yeah, you know, here's the bag. He was like, You're cool. It's like, Jeez. Oh my God, man. You're friendly, you know? Aaron. Wow. <laughs> Working on your people skills, I can see. Holy fuck. Wow. Yeah, that's, I, remember, that's you. You, I remember you telling me you're people like, person. You're like, yeah, you were like kind of wow. scary. Jeez. <laughs> I'm kind of working on your image, and apparently you're just a dick. Okay, well, there you go. Well, it's funny because Lee said the same thing too. Like, wow. He's like, yeah, you kind of scared me at first. <laughs> wow. Jeez. Oh, God, I love that story. Wow. Yeah. Okay, well, he apologizes. <laughs> Apologize, Aaron. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Jeez. No, it's funny because like I, because then you know we 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 did we we got like a friendship going on and yeah j- just because what you get at a cigar shop and yeah. I already touched my eye beforehand or right now I'm, I'm wow this I'm, is this is always at the end you oh, start man. this shit early we're out of sequence oh man it hurts so we get to experience this it usually happens at the end and then he cries at the end <laughs> like I'm so I'm now like talking the whole time with my eyes closed because it burns um. But yeah, so you started coming in more often. We, you know, we, we, we got a friendship, you know, the, the heart, you, you cracked the hard shell of the hard shell of the Viking. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, so we started talking, got a friendship and we switched Instagram names and, and shit like that. And then, uh, I remember I was at home one night and uh, you were, you posted a picture. I was like, bro, do you live at Bowman? You're like, yeah. I was like, dude, I'm right across. I'm, I, I do too. Like I'm right across the courtyard. <laughs> <laughs> so then it's like. All right, cool. Now I got a smoking buddy that lives like really close to me. Yes. Yeah. But, and that was, I think, on top of the cigars, learning that you lived in the same complex really meshed us together. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, this, this is cool. And I, I think the, um, the third nail in the, <laughs> the friendship coffin, whatever you want to call it, was when I invited you. Okay, so to I, I think I don't know what you're talking about. My parties. <laughs> and so, you know, for our listeners, I was notorious for having you know, little small gatherings, you know, at my apartment themed on. Best, the best theme parties I've ever been to. Yeah. I will say that, like <laughs> the best. So I don't know if this is the same story, but you continue. I'll see if it's the same one. So uh, a little frightened. <laughs> It's if it's the one I'm thinking of, it's it it's funny, but I feel bad. So, um, how many did you come to? Uh, two or two, three. two or three. This would be the first, the one. first one. Yeah. So, and Mark, I don't think you've heard this story. I've not no, because so, I was embarrassed. Yeah. So, um, I'm embarrassed for you, and I haven't even heard the story. It was 
Fiesta Friday. Yes, I always is. I always have my my parties on on Fridays. That way, um, you can recover on Saturday. Yeah, good thing. Um, and so I I. If it's the same one, I texted Mo mortified. <laughs> so way. yeah, so um, oh. so you know the the flyer read seven o'clock, and my friends knew that seven means right. eight. Okay, and so I'm I'm still you know cooking everything, getting everything ready, and I haven't even like changed into my party attire. <laughs> you know, I had a shirt that said uh um what you taco about and it it was it was perfect and so seven o'clock i hear a knock at my door the 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 white boy was there at seven (laughs) o'clock i open the door you know aaron he was standing like what's up i'm like what are you doing here (laughs) and so he he said dude am i uh am i early i said yeah just a little bit i said man well come on in um so aaron came sat down and uh, I was still cooking, and I I can tell that Aaron was like, "Wow, did I just show up early?" And so in yes. in the um, in the African American culture, we don't start anything on time, um, and I'm, I'm, I, I love I'm it. You know that that's dying. that's you know we're, uh, I'm sinking into we're, my chair so far. And so Aaron, you know, he he's sitting there maybe about ten minutes. He like, "Hey, I left something at the apartment." I'll be back. I had to get the fuck out of there. <laughs> that's, so he left. That's not actually unique to the Afro-American. <laughs> Parties oh, don't start on man. time. No. no white culture either, just for the record. I even brought, I even brought like, a, like Cheetos? something. No, I brought like a, 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 a bottle of tequila or liquor or it was vodka. A, a lick, um, it was brown. What was it? It was I brought something. It was a whiskey. Like, like yeah. I brought like, like an Irish like, whiskey or something oh, yeah, like that's that. That's what it was. It was, it was a bottle of a new Jameson because yeah. like, me growing up, it's like you go to a party, you go to somebody's house, you always bring a gift. So I was like, I did like, I brought gifts. I was there on time slash early. So it so was for the record, <laughs> parties in all cultures say seven and they mean eight or nine. Oh, that's the way man. that works. It that's, was, uh, that's not unique like, not to unique. one group. Man, I texted Aaron. I, I was sitting there and I was, I because Mo was gone. Oh. She was in California or she was somewhere. So text me on this stuff. And, and I, I was like, <laughs> and she even responded, babe, no. <laughs> right. <laughs> I feel like I should text her and her oh and I should go God, back and forth. It was and so see bad. It. But it ended up fine. It, it did. It did. Um, <laughs> and so, I learned. Yeah. I learned. Aaron learned. And everyone showed up. Um, and, <laughs> you know, they were, it, folks were there. Prompt. And then, you know, Aaron, you know, knocked on the door again. And so I opened the door. I'm like, Aaron. And he was like, I'm on time now, right? I said, yes. <laughs> so Aaron comes in and kind of like, you know, in like uh, movies or something, you know, the music stops. It's like, yes. <laughs> and everyone kind of looks. They see, you know, the beard, the tattoos. They're like, is that like a neighbor that's angry or something? <laughs> right. I said, hey, guys, this Aaron. He's cool. <laughs> and after that stamp of approval, he's okay. Aaron was like the life of the party. Every like even um <clears throat> as the next party was coming up, there were friends that said, Hey, is Aaron coming? Is Aaron coming? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man. Because I don't I used to drink a lot. And then I went for a time period where I didn't, didn't drink, drink hardly sure. at all. Yeah. Um I I threw all that out the window. 
uh, for, for, for Fiesta Friday. Right. It was, uh, it, 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 it came to the point where, um, uh, beer pong came out, but it was beer pong with, uh, liquor. Um, and I, at that time I, I felt like I needed to so go it's liquor pong. Yeah. Okay. But like, I felt like I needed to like prove your credit, go a little above and beyond. Yeah, sure. Um, because I was the one lone white guy there. I was like, I, I can hang, I can do it. I, liver. We're going to do it together. Right. Right. So then it got, it got to the point where um, I, I forget who it was, but she was shooting and she was like, if I even said like, if you don't make this and you got to drink, I'll do one with you. And so That's not yes. the way that works, right? Oh, you know the man. way the game plays? I, I, I was God. just, I was throwing stuff against the wall, seeing what stuck and <laughs> drunk Aaron, uh, stuck. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, um, Sorry, we were, I missed that. Yeah, we were going. It was who was I with? I was going up against my my friend Raven, and you know I was shooting and missing. She was shooting and making, and it was the the Jack fire. Yes, oh. I had to take two shots, and Aaron was like. I'll do it with you because I was man, I was at my brink. I said, you know what, I, I can't do anymore. But the the funny thing, <laughs> when Aaron was shooting, you know, normally folks will say, yeah, you know, Kobe or Colin Jordan, Kobe. Yeah. You know, I, I'm I'm up there and I pull. I'm like Stockton, <laughs> <laughs> and I drain it. Nice. Yes. Drain it. <laughs> so, so you were calling white NBA players? Yes. Okay. I think I, I, I oh, man, I was nice. pulling, I was pulling bird. Oh, sure. Stockton. I sure. mean, just Bill, Bill Wennington. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Right. Not the talented oh, ones. Oh man. Right? It, Luke it, Longley. Because it was, it was, I mean, I, great time. I, yeah, I yeah. absolutely loved them. And then, but it like, and then getting the picture afterwards, it's always funny because it's like you see my like really red drunk face right, right in the middle. Right. No offense, you are the most white guy I know. Right. Right. So you yes, I'm sure you oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. And you know, then halfway through or near the end, the cigar smokers would end up on the balcony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone else would be inside either passed out or helping put up food or, 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 you know, cleaning up. And I remember that night I, um, man, I, I, I just had a lot to drink with that. And I remember I said, Hey everybody, um, you don't have to go home. Um, you only have to get out of here, but when you do just lock the door, when you leave, right. the, the funny thing about that, you have to have a key to lock the door on the outside. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's just, but no, the Fiesta Friday was, was great. I think the most popular party was the nineties. The nineties one was fun. The nineties. So you had to dress like the nineties. Yeah. So yeah. you wore a Bel Air jersey. Yes. Will Smith. Yeah. I, I dressed up like a nineties grunge guy because that's what I had. in the Sure. 90s. So I was Pearl jam pretty much. Sure. Um, you know, fit the fit stereotype the, again and go with what you got. Um, but it was funny because like we, same thing, you know, I, I knew I wasn't going to drink as much because I, sure. I was probably still a little drunk from that Friday still. <laughs> um, so, so we are, we're me and him. We're, you know, having a good time. I got there at like nine 30 or 10 and, you learned your lesson. I, I like my to lesson. See, I like because it's funny because because we go down to Hot Springs to have dinner, and she was like, "Don't you have a party to go to?" I was like, "Ah, 
I'm good. <laughs> it's like we could go to hot springs and have dinner and come back and I'll still be there for like the majority of the party. Yes. And so we, we get out there and you know, you know, I know you're, you were smoking a cigar and uh, Will was there. And so I brought some cigars and everything and we're out in the back. And then all of a sudden, like, I remember I turn around and looking into your window off the balcony God. and there's like 25 people in yes. his apartment. I'm like, where in the hell did all these people come from? <laughs> 90s party was popular it was popular Ew, uh, we, we had to do the group i had to actually stand on my ottoman to do a <laughs> selfie to include everybody nice and um yeah. you know i'm like half the people i knew and the others were like friends of friends yeah like, that's the best kind of parties oh man but it was like it was funny because so where we lived i mean it's an apartment it's a nice apartment yeah. complex but it was still like I would go to the other rooms or the other tenants be like, if there's an issue, here's my number. Right. <laughs> yeah. You can call me. Yeah. yeah. Cause we, uh, I think it was, I want to say it was Fiesta Friday the next day when I got a letter from the complex yeah. management, like, <laughs> Oh, you, you know, are in violation of, you know, noise complaint. And I'm thinking, man, like, are you serious? And so I found out who the neighbor was and I said, Hey, you know, you could have just came up and told us to turn it down. Yeah. And I remember when I went down, I, you know, just got off work. It was a casual day. So I had like a hoodie with like a letterman <laughs> jacket and like my <laughs> ball cap on backwards. And, um, I just, you know, knocked on the door and I just stood, you know, straight faced said hey did you complain on me and the girl was just like petrified she's like i'm so sorry like yeah i was like just i'll let you know next time we're having a party so you won't be offended <laughs> and ever since then it was cool it, it's been cool but i always took aaron like aaron was like the insurance you know uh, he, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so you could say you're cool yeah <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, th th those were, were great parties, man, and I, I think that that really just kind of solidified <laughs> our bond even more. Yeah, like know? that that first night because I was I was by myself, Mo wasn't home, so I walk across the courtyard and I get to I even I take the elevator. I didn't even want to take the stairs because I was just so I was so drunk. I threw myself onto our couch and I pushed it probably <laughs> 10 feet or so. And then I woke up the next morning. I even texted, I texted him a picture be like, so evidently I, I just like threw myself on our couch and it just scooted all the way across our, our living room. <laughs> was Mo living with you at the time? Yeah. Yeah. She was here. Okay. Yeah. She was, she was on, I forget where she was. She had to be in Mexico with her girlfriends. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was fun after the first initial like holy shit. Like yeah. <laughs> I, I pulled I pulled the whitest move ever and like got there at seven oh one when the party started. So for the record, as a fellow white person, let me just say the, some of the rest of us actually understand the time. I know. Thing. No, just, no. just 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 saying some of us know that. Okay. You just, know, you get you gotta school them, Mark. Uh, yeah. I should have consulted with you like, hey, school Aaron right quick. All right. <laughs> Just, just saying. Some of us probably. Oh don't, God, I was fucking mortified. Yes, I was like, I well, gotta, at least he, at least yeah, he I understood. Like, I was like, yeah. I gotta get something in my apartment. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. My bad. Oh God. So yeah, good times. Good times. I, I, 
you know, in some ways I like being in a house because like whatever happens, you know, the neighbors, whatever. Mm -hmm. Although I was listening to MERS on the patio and my neighbor still is a little horrified for that. <laughs> on Friday, because, you know, the first song comes out, bleep, 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 bleep. And the neighbor's looking at me like, what's up? And you're just going, my bad. <laughs> Um, but, um, and I don't know why I bleep because we swear all the time, but, um, <laughs> um, but my neighbor was horrified, but, um, <clears throat> I do miss apartment. I miss those parties, although I probably don't miss Saturday mornings Yeah, because that I'm I just do. not built for that I, anymore. Oh my God. I drank so much Gatorade the next day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, I knew it was a successful party if I got. And I hate you, Chris. Text yes. message the next morning. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you'll be I back. I think I said, I was like, I really don't like, like you. <laughs> right. That's the best ones. The next morning's got to be a little bit of, wow, what the oh, hell? And I had to work. What in the fuck? I had to I work think? the next day. Yes. Here? Yes, I did. Oh. Because I had to work from. I hope I showed up early and 10 to loud. 4. Oh my God. Like I, it was because you and a couple other people came in and she was like, you look like hell. I was like, I feel like hell. Yeah. <laughs> but for the record, that's normal. Yes. Yeah. I'm just saying. I did. I mean, I did. I, I showed out a little bit. I went a little above and beyond of what I normally could do, but well, good. Uh, sometimes you got to stretch, you know, stretch, Yeah, you know, stretch just, goals. Yeah. You know, right. Yeah. <laughs> so we always ask what's your most memorable cigar. So what, Four years is uh, time to have 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 you know could be whatever you want. So, um, what's what's your most memorable cigar? I would say, um, my most memorable memorable cigar would be um, from the Cigar Factory down in New Orleans. Okay, um, I love their Social Club uh, cigars, um, Connecticut wrapper. It, it's just a, a great smooth smoke. Nice. And so I, I went down um this this past New Year um to the uh, Sugar Bowl, Baylor in Georgia. Oh nice. So um my girlfriend is a Baylor alum. And so one of uh her Christmas gifts was I'm gonna take you to New Orleans. We're gonna, you know Do it up right. Yeah, do it up right. And so, you know, she was excited and, you know, researched cigar lounges in, um, in New Orleans. And so, the, you know, found Cigar Factory. And what was so memorable about it is, you know, you walk in and you see the, um, the hand rolling of the cigars. And, you know, looking at the artistry of it, you're yeah, like, yeah. man, you're not just smoking a, a, a cigar. No, you're, you're seeing firsthand what it's like um, to to make those, and I, I think that is most memorable because you know, sometimes we take things for granted in life, and looking at the the effort that it was put into each yeah. cigar, yeah, I mean uh, that, and then it's just just a great smoke. So I would say that's my uh, most memorable. That's a cool one. You know they. There's not that many places that roll cigars anymore in America. I've not been to the cigar factory. You've been to the cigar I've, factory? I've been by it. Um, so the one time when I went to New Orleans, um, I 
I was only there for a couple hours before I got on my cruise. I I didn't. I probably didn't even know it was around okay. there. But was that your first time ever seeing somebody roll? A star? Yeah, I've always it is. Seen it I've, once. I've always wanted to try it. It looks. It's so therapeutic looking. You know, you're just you're kind of on zip my zipper sometimes. <laughs> I think rolling a scar is well beyond my means. But I saw a guy in Vegas. That the, one of the early first couple times we went to Vegas, I saw mm-hmm. a guy rolling cigars. Yeah. I know. I mean, there's it's just a handful like Martinez cigars. I Dave talked to Dave all the time, and they're Martinez cigars. Mm-hmm. I know there's just a handful of places yeah. in, in America, and that I mean, still does yeah, that. They on roll a, up in New, in the middle of New York City, like a full yeah. factory. Wow, on like just 65th Street or 39th. I mean, yeah. like right in the but heart of downtown. There's a place in Vegas yeah. that does that. There's just a handful of places. So I, I'm, Paula is pushing me to go down to New Orleans, and I so the cigar factory's got to be on the yeah. list of that. Yeah, a- absolutely. It would be, it'd be cool. cool. Like I. I mean, I would like to try it. Um, I don't know how well I could do it. I think but you should smoke the cigar you roll, and we will smoke. Chris and I will smoke the ones that the somebody else rolls. rolls right. Yeah, it I seems mean, like a good choice for Chris and I. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, like the I know we've talked to Dave and everything but w- with Martinez, and I've always said like I want to go up there just to see how they do that. It and is cool to watch. It is it's like it is like. Um, and they just make it seem so effortlessly, oh, yeah. and they're just and they're talking and just, yeah, like wow, that's and, and then you can actually smoke it, yeah, yeah, unlike the one Aaron rolls. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like, just calling it out right now. Like, He's I, probably the one guy who like he'll like roll perfect all the time. I like rolling smaller. <laughs> just gonna move along. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm sure you do. So, what kind of cigars do you like smoking in general? Obviously, the Milano. Yeah. Um, so you must like. Fuller cigars. What what are other some other cigars? Um, I my favorite uh, right now is the God of Fire uh, anniversary. Yeah, love it. Um, so so you go from do you have anything half this price to your favorite one is God of Fire? It's a double the <laughs> yeah, price. double the price. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, um, and the Forbidden X. So he's going triple the price. You're yeah, like, no, I I um. What are what are some of the other ones? I I love uh, Don Pippen Blue Label. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That one that one is great. Uh, Velvet Rat, yeah, is is a good smoke. Um, Excalibur Dark Knight. I just discovered those. Yeah. I know we we were talking about them earlier. Um, but that that's a good smoke. Um, it's not nice, rich flavors. It is. Yeah. So I've never had the Dark Knight, but I love the regular Excalibur. So yeah, I need to I need to find the uh, the Dark Knight and try that out. No, a- absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, you know, over the years, and I, I know you all have you know more experience. Um, y'all are vets uh, in the game, but <laughs> but for me, I mean, you, you think you've out this cigar, like this is my favorite cigar. I'm not gonna try anything else. Yeah. And then you try something else, and you're like, oh my god, like, yeah. what have I been missing all my yeah. life? And yeah. so uh, I just love the the discovery of Amen. a new cigar. Yeah. That you know you can check with your buddies, like, hey, have you smoked this one? Yeah. No. Well, I'm grabbing a uh, extra and and let you try it. Um. So those are some of my 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 favorites at the moment. Um. And I, I think another one that um that I didn't really think would be good was the Island Gym. So I smoked one of those. That's I, the one I, I got. I, that's the one that we smoked down that was in surprisingly good. Yeah. Because yeah. it was we went down there and they were it was just before I PCPR and they mm-hmm. were just a little thin. And I smoked that one and you just go 
I enjoyed it. That was actually the, the cigar I smoked on the Great Mandate. Mm-hmm. Really? Where where we went to the German place, and I enjoyed yeah. that one. Yeah, no, that was, a, that was a good solid one. It was a good solid one. It was a, that was, I think that was one of the first ones that I had that had the shaggy foot yeah. on yeah. the end. The hated, so. the Josh hated the shaggy, Josh hated foot. shaggy foot. <laughs> but I, I mean, did I, actually, yeah. I've actually smoked several of those things. Yeah, so I agree that, with that. Yeah. That was, a, that was surprisingly a good because I picked it up and I went, well, I'm just going <clears> to <throat> smoke this one because it's here. Yeah. And you go, oh, that's good. So what, what's your thoughts on the, uh, on this Milanio since you're the kind of the, uh, oh, the odd start man with me. So yeah. it's, it's rich. It's, um, it's got some stank in it. I'm not getting a lot of spice out of it. Um, it's first of all, I'm enjoying the hell out of the conversation. Yeah. So um, I'm enjoying it um, because a large part of that, the Jose Blanco factor, mm-hmm. um, and um, it's not as good as the Oliva V for me. It mm-hmm. doesn't have as much richness of flavor. Um, it's better than I remember. Yeah. It is. We are smoking the Figurado. Um, it's uh, Nicaraguan located, but it's a Ecuadorian wrapper, Nicaraguan binder and filler, um, rolled in Nicaragua. Yeah. Um, what you know, are you getting out of it? I, I do get the nuttiness. I get a little bit of leathery out of it. Super um, into leather. Uh, well, you know, only on the weekends. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I, 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 I get a little of the stank that you're talking about. I get more of that leathery earthiness uh, from it, like hardly any spice whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but you get that nuttiness from that Ecuadorian wrapper. Yeah. Um, it is. I mean, it's a good solid. It's a, the, it's a nice, you know, it's somewhere between velour and oily on the wrapper. Um, the yeah, band though, the band's a classic. It's, it is. it's, it's a, you know, earth tones. It's kind of a muted, but it has yeah. that, that nice I, kind of, I do red. like the band. It, yeah. The band is, it's when you think of a cigar, like old school cigar, you know, this band is what you kind of, kind of jumps in your head because it's not super flashy, mm-hmm. but it Even has nice bands. Yeah. It, it just has that classic, like, yeah, this is, this is what it is. And I, I like a figure out of shape. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, you know, they have numerous other sizes as well. Um, but yeah, I'm, I mean, I, it's not my favorite. I, I think I will agree with you that I think I like the regular, I think I, I, I like the Maduro Milano better than, than, than this one. So the V is, is, is my favorite Oliva because it, it, it's, a, it's, it's a little more rich, earthy and all that, but mm-hmm. this is, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a nice cigar. It is. I'm not getting a lot of the the the, the negative notes that I got a lot last yeah. time. So, so maybe it was. It was just every everybody you were smoking with. Maybe, <laughs> which know? was the last three or four times I smoked that. I believe I smoked it alone. So that that asshole <laughs> needs to be cut out of my smoking routine. Well, it's one of those things, you know. If you meet assholes all day long, you're probably the asshole. No, I am the asshole. I'm sure of that. Um, so, um, uh, so I'm enjoying it. What? Chris, you enjoying it? I mean, I'm sure you are. You yep. like this cigar. What are you getting out of it? I'm definitely getting the leather. Um, and like you stated, not a lot of spice. Because when I think of um, when I smoked it four years ago, I felt the spice. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm thinking, man, like where's the spice? Is it going to hit me later or did I completely miss it? But definitely right now. Uh, so do you, do you retrohale? Yeah. Okay. So I, I mean, it's still good, still good to this yeah. day. Yeah, that, yeah, that retro is nice. That the richness, and you get more of a, like a coffee. Yeah, and it and it it, pair, it goes well with the beer. It does. Say. The so. beer is nice. It is. Um, it is. Um, yeah, I'm, very, a, I'm already on my second chalice. I think you're on your second second second. My only <laughs> second second. Yeah, that's that. actually the proper use of that I, term. I work with assholes. Yes, you do. 
Um, for the record, that's your own damn fault. Will, do you want to go ahead and knock out the music? Let's, then- um, yes. So uh, the music is from Eric of the Burn Down podcast. Yeah. So he gave us a couple weeks ago when we were Tash, on Tash, Tash Sultan. Tall Sand. Yep. And it's a one woman band. One woman um, band. So she's she, very talented. Very talented. So she started on YouTube. She's, she's like Prince in the fact that she plays all the instruments extremely well, mm-hmm. although she's not as good at any of those instruments as, as Prince is. I mean, to be fair, instrument. there's not a lot. That's that. like saying, once again, that you're not as good a basketball player <laughs> as Michael Jordan, which is sort of obvious because yes. Prince is, is, once again, Jimmy Jam said, the discouraging part was he learned to play the drums so that he could be a better drum player than Prince. And then he heard Prince playing the drums and he thought, well, that's not going to happen. Fuck. Prince is better playing drums than I am too. <laughs> so if you haven't heard the Jimmy Jam show on volume, who was uh, in, I believe Morris day in the time, mm-hmm. um, you you're missing out. Jimmy Jam <laughs> volume volume awesome. has so many good shows. Oh, Jimmy Jam is awesome. He like, he, Bill Weathers, he, 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 you know, he's in that Minneapolis scene. He's just amazing. Yep. You can tell all the Prince stories about just like, and you just go, damn. <laughs> so the album we had was Flow State. Flow State. Um, one of her newer uh, releases. 2018, I believe. Yep, 2018. Um, I, I like the album because it's the ebb and flow. It yeah. kind of goes everywhere. It's, I don't know how, you can't put this album in one box. You have to chop it up and put it up into a lot of little boxes. It's jam band. It's um, a little bit of like island reggae. It's yep. You know, you, it's got a little bit of like ash, acid jazz fusion. Her it's, voice is very. It's very uh, sade. Smoke, it, it's smoky, raspy. Yeah, she, she she reminds jazzy me jazzy voice. Yeah, nice. sh- sh- sade. I enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. It is at times she needs a producer. Yes. So just but she, I mean, music I, critique from white guy in Arkansas. She doesn't need that. Um, she needs a producer to, to round out some edges. She's very talented. Mm-hmm. And the album is very ebby and flowy. That's yes. a good way of saying yep. it. Um, and I really wanted to like the song Big Smoke, mm-hmm. which I enjoyed, but it wasn't. And then Cigarette was I liked better. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Salvation the best. Okay. Um, her lyrics are not... Um, they're not defying. They're not defined well. Yeah. It's clear they weren't. They weren't um, unlike some of the other artists where the 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 lyrics were very sharp and precise. Yeah, they were. Um, they weren't. The music was. The music was sharp. Yes. Um. So I I chose Salvation. Okay. And so I went with. I was debating between Big Smoke and Cigarettes. Uh, those were my two favorite on there. It's a good one-two punch. There's one particular section of Big Smoke where it goes down to like a really bassy tone yep. about halfway through, and it's just that sound. Like I listened to that over like twenty times, just like wow, nice. The way it transitioned is very good. But I decided to go with Cigarettes. Okay. Um, the lyrics were better in cigarettes. Yes, and and I think just the the music and the tone overall that just resonated the best, and the the, the lyrics I, I did okay. like the most out of cigarettes. So it, the the album was good. It, it was it was ebb and flow, but like I said, you can't put it in one box. You have to chop it up into numerous little ones. Um, her other albums, I've listened to a few uh, sporadically songs, yeah. um, but 
by far I listen to Flow State the most. Um, but I I did watch some of her YouTube videos of her doing some of these lo- songs live. Wow! And it's cool seeing how she does it. Like she'll do a a beat on a you know a board kind of like what we have now. Sure. And then she'll start playing guitar, record it, and then loop it, and then she'll start playing nice. something else, so. and then she'll start looping. And so I mean, it's just layer on top of layer on top yeah. of layer. Yeah. I mean, so it's really she is just doing it all by herself, and it's really really super impressive. So it was it was a hard listen after, and some somewhat somewhat going to give her a, 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 an unfair review. It's a hard listen after Miles Davis, yeah, because. Um, Miles Davis is also very ebb and flowy. Mm -hmm. And um, when you listen to the best jazz album ever recorded, and then you go, this is a jazz album in my mind, because that's what it is. It's got some more technical beats to it, but it's got that jazz. I would go go acid jazz. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I like acid too. But I didn't know we were going there. The seventies are showing, <laughs> right? The seventies are showing. Um, it's just hard. It doesn't. Nothing compares. Oh yeah, I mean, right. I mean, that's a, that's an unfair so, advantage. It's an unfair advantage. So you gave me kind of blue last week, and then you this one compared to it, and mm-hmm. I the ebb and flow bothered me because it wasn't as good as mm-hmm. kind of blue because nothing is right. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted her because her talent is immense. I, oh my I god! Enjoyed yes, it. yes. Um, and I just want her to be a little more. I want a producer to tighten some. Th- of that this up. is a good album for if you're other, driving. She needs other people mm-hmm. to play, much like Prince needed other. We were talking about Prince. Prince could play better than anybody else out there. Mm-hmm. That's fine, but he needs other people on stage because um, you need that. Because if Prince plays every music, you know that doesn't. I, I think. You need you need other artists. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm interested to see where she goes. She's mm-hmm. very talented. I enjoyed it. I will listen to this again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this it, it's in my full rotation of, of stuff now. She will not make my full rotation. So far, um, I've enjoyed Bayside. Mers is in my full full rotation. Yeah. Other than that, no one else really has made it. I'm, I'm glad. I'm still so glad that you like Mers. A I do. Lot. I do. Once again, he's a deep dude. Mm-hmm. I deep dudes. He's he is in my Eric Church rotation, and that shows you how much I love. I just love how you go from Eric Church to Mers. Once again, if you have something meaningful to say, you mean <laughs> you mean something to me. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I'm about. Hey, that's what I mean. That's what this you know this reoccurring segment is is just yep. you know expanding our her our horizons and stuff. So. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so. Um, good news is um, I have. Uh, we'll get to the next albums, but uh, we're back into the three back and forths. That was a good one. I enjoyed it. That yeah. was Eric. Didn't we didn't ask Eric? He actually gave that to us on the just the conversation we were having. That was yeah. a good choice. Um, and so we're going to uh, be back on each other's. Yeah. So, so now we have the next three yeah, weeks of our. I threatened of you our with music. a Luke Bryan album. I know you're looking forward to that. It's a little bro country. Hey, I mean, you know, <laughs> give it to me. You know, no. just. I actually got I got a gem for you, okay. something that's totally awesome. I told Kevin last night, and he went, "Oh, that's really." Oh, because goes, I'm, I'm, I've never never heard of that. I'm going left field tonight. Oh, tonight oh. too. I'm going to be interested to see if you've heard of the person I. I had to look up on Spotify to see if. So I that's had. why I even texted you this morning. Be like, yep. "What do you use to listen to your stuff?" So I had to like see if it was even on there. I was like, "Okay, we're good." <laughs> I have to give so, a little preamble of mine to yep. explain why it's important. All right, so. Explain to us what your 
thesis was over and what was it like defending it? Okay. Um, it was an evaluation of the productivity based funding models support for academically underserved students. And so, um, maybe about a couple of years ago, the state of Arkansas, um, approved to go from kind of like enrollment based funding to productivity. So colleges, public colleges and universities in the state of Arkansas would receive their funding based on the number of students they enrolled each fall. And so um, with that, they changed it to productivity, meaning how well your students perform, whether that uh, is, you know, they graduate or progress going from fall to spring, then spring to fall. And so um, the kind of equation kind of compiles your like last couple of years and they do an average and they give you your score. And then whatever your score is, they'll rank you. And that kind of determines how much money you get. So you're being, you're getting your funding based on what you did probably like two or three years ago. Okay. And so like a prorated. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that was, uh, the, the biggest thing, um, in regards to my topic and, you know, I was just trying to figure out what am I passionate about? So obviously helping students be successful, but, um, I love policy as well. And so, you know, really kind of diving, um, into, the funding model and not only with Arkansas, but other States and the, the pros and cons with it. And so in, in studying that, I studied a public four year uh, institution in Arkansas and was just looking at if we're focusing on how well we perform, which ties to the money we get from the state. Are you going to focus more on those students who are academically underserved, more so those who don't have the 18s on the ACT, those with the the 15s or 16s and who have a a 2.0 or 2.5 GPA when they graduate high school, basically those students who have those remedial needs. And so in, in analyzing that, I, you know, wanted to see what institutions were doing are you still going to accept those students as you did in the previous model, which was based just on headcount, how many folks you would get right now it's how well our students do. So are you going to raise the admission standards and cut off right. those students who are underserved and push them either to the workforce or two year schools? Yeah. And so it was very interesting of the responses I get. So if you're in higher, a higher up administrator, you know, you gave me the, the pretty generic response, I bet. but the folks that are on the ground level would give you the raw information, the, their raw thoughts. And I, I thrived on that because they were saying, uh, for the most part, 
if we're bringing these students in or if we're still accepting these students, we need to shift some money to help them be successful. 100%. Because you can have a kid uh, graduates top of their class, 27 on the ACT, um, 3.75 grade point average or 4.1 GPA. Right. Um, And they're pretty much, they're going to do fine. Right. They have the tools already. Absolutely. But you have those other students who may think, man, you know, I really didn't think that I would get in. But now that I'm here, I need help. Like they need the academic support. They need emotional support. They need all these other um, avenues of support. And if that funding isn't there because they're not coming in on scholarship. Right. They're no. paying their way. Yeah. Paying their way. So you, you have, uh, you know, financial aid, uh, Pell Grant, then, you know, you have to take out loans. And right. so if Work. you don't complete your degree, if let's say if you stop going or you drop out, if you take out that those loans, you still have to pay that back. Yep. And so if you don't have that degree to get into a job where you can, you know, receive a decent wage, right. it's going to be crazy trying to pay that back. It's an additional burden yeah. without that additional income. Absolutely. And so that is what really interested me in the study. And um, and the process was was great, you know, um, doing interviews with, with folks, um, you know, talking with them, uh, getting their their thoughts on the funding model, uh, what they're doing as an institution to help students. And then, um, you know, after recordings, send those off to get transcribed and brought back and then really trying to dissect what can strengthen, you know, my dissertation and that shows and shares, okay, we have a problem, right? You know, this, this funding model is good in theory, but, there are students who we are hurting right. if we cut off that um, those admission standards at a at a particular score, and so um, sure. and it, it it was a great process. It was long, I, I can say that, but um, you know to have that finished product, it's it's great. And then to to have folks say, "I would love to read your work," or to be in meetings and talking with individuals and you know what you're talking about because you actually researched it and you invested countless, you know, months and years into the study. Um, It's great. And as you stated earlier, I would be up here, you know, researching, you know, trying to, trying to see, okay, I'm diving, diving into this, let, let's make it work. And so it was, it was a great experience. And I know, uh, you know, some folks uh, that are, you know, pursuing their um, either master's or, or doctorate, some will say that it's, it's a, a, a heavy burden to, to carry going through that. And I always tell folks, um, you know, it'll make you or break you. Yeah. And yeah. so you have to have uh, that support. You have to have, um, those individuals to cheer you on. Um, and it's good to throw parties too, cause that helps. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get away. Yeah. You, you have to give, get away. So, um, you know, it, it's just a, a, um, a, a great, 
you know, memorable time. Uh, I don't want to repeat it. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, it's one for the books. So I've seen like stuff on Reddit or whatever. People post pictures and be like, I just got done defending my thesis and I was wearing my Fitbit and you can see like the spikes of like, this is when I got asked about this part of the paper. Oh, the emotion. Like, yeah. Did you like, did you wear, or if you wore something, could you tell like your, your heart rate spiked at a certain points or was it, were you just like even kill the whole time? I, I was pretty, pretty even kill. Um, because in that process, your, your chair is not going to let you defend if they don't think you're ready. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so they kind of already know that they, they kind of know, okay. but they grill you to the T your committee. They're going to ask you questions. They'll, they'll, they've they'll already, dis- they'll dissect it the whole, they, they will. Okay. And they said, well, why did you do this? Mm-hmm. You know, why did you do this method of, of research instead of this? And, and you're thinking, what man like last month you emailed and said hey this is great now you're yeah it feels like you're doubling back and yeah. so um it, it, it's really just a, a test to challenge to see yeah. okay you, you put it? can you defend it you put in all of this work now convince us mm-hmm. that you are ready yeah. for this and so how, how long was it uh my defense almost probably like 40, 45 minutes. Just um, a nice. long time. It, it, it was, man. And, you know, I had, you know, dressed, had my suit on, mm-hmm. but man, I was sweating like it's game seven <laughs> in the NBA finals. <laughs> like, you know, under everything, I'm, I'm, you know, cool as a cucumber, you know, on my face. But man, I, I had to like shower afterwards because I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. they're going to like really tell me no. Yeah. Um, but, but no, it, it it was very stressful because you you want to impress them, but at the same time you don't want to, you know, try to do above and beyond and yeah. and you know bomb it. Right. So yeah, <laughs> I know you, when, whenever you posted that picture of you in your cap and gown, if yeah. that's the proper word. But when I saw that, like I got this real immense pride i'm like yeah. man that's so cool like i was so happy because i know you did you put you know years into this and we talked about it you know yeah. i remember asking you a year and a half or so like hey what's your thesis over and you told me i'm like holy shit <laughs> like, yeah. that is so far above my head it's unbelievable well, yeah that that's cool and i have a couple questions i actually have one question about it but i mean we were talking to gary and yeah. he said you know i got my doctorate and he was downplaying it and i my standard answer whenever i talk to somebody who's gone through that you should never downplay that. That's yeah. That's yeah. totally impressive. That's not minor. That's not whatever. That's amazing. That's yeah. impressive, and you have all my respect. The Thanks. topic's cool as hell. I think that's a fascinating topic. Are the, the university? I I have a just a, just a question because yeah. now the topic interests me. <laughs> um, are universities doing different things in Arkansas? Are some are some raising the standards and some reaching out to the underserved population? Are the uh, is that the term the underserved population? They're yeah. coming in because, and I don't have a good excuse. I was a lazy high schooler, but I I came in with not a great GPA and a, not a great. Not, I wasn't prepared coming out of high school. My parents would be very sad, um, but I was uh, I was not a great high school student. I was a really good college student because I got focused and I got some people to help me. But, um, uh, you know, and I guess I'm now 
with a, you know, whatever. But, um, but uh, you know, I'm fascinated by the fact of our, our universities, different universities choosing different tax on that. I hope so. Yeah. And uh, it, it's funny that you mentioned it about yourself because I was in the same boat. Um, you know, graduated high school with a, um, like 2.9 grade point average and yeah. a 17 on the ACT. Yeah. I slept during history class, my junior, senior year. Some of the best sleep I ever got. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> just went to go, you know, play basketball. And after I graduated, you know, my, my old man said, you're either going to, you know, help paint houses with your uncle or, or you're going to go to the two year school. Yeah. And I went and, yeah, it's like the it, the 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 switch flipped. Yeah, and I I got serious, and so um, but you do see that where different institutions are um doing different things, and and it raises eyebrows as to well, why did your admission standard go up? Right. But what I do like is schools will get can get dinged for not having what what they call kind of like the underrepresented population, whether it's by race and ethnicity yep. or, um, you know, kind of um, students who are Pell eligible. And so generally those students who are Pell eligible don't really do well. They're underserved. And so you do see where some institutions need to, raise those um those numbers and so they'll they'll come out with you know a chief diversity officer and they they focus on getting you know minorities to come to those institutions right and so if you bring them there to what's you know known as predominantly white institutions yep now that you bring those individuals there you have to create that sense of belonging for them yeah and that that that's where you know those different um student services uh, come in uh, those multicultural offices, uh, various student events that exposes students of all races uh, and nationalities to different cultures. Yeah. And if that student feels a part of that campus and they receive those academic and social resources, they should do well. Right. And so you do see different institutions doing, uh, you know, different things and, and it's great and one thing I, I'll add, um, you know, University of Arkansas in Fayetteville, they have a a transfer scholarship. So if you are a student and you attend a two year school in the University of Arkansas system, okay. you graduate and transfer to Fayetteville, the same price of tuition you paid at your two year, you pay in Fayetteville. Yes. So I mean who doesn't want to do that? You, you have folks who dream of calling the hogs and being an actual Razorback have the opportunity now. Um, and it, it's a brilliant move. And, and I applaud yeah. Fayetteville for that. And I think that that will help boost their um, student demographic um, highly. Yeah. Now this, this, you might not have the answer to this because I'm just thinking of this on the fly. Um, you know, Murphy oil is leaving, um, uh, uh, El Dorado. Yeah. Do you see that having an effect on you know the the hope 
Euler school system and everything, because I don't know if they're going to fully pull all their funding that they do with, you Suppos- know, supposedly they're not. That's yeah. what they said. Yeah. That, that's what I've heard. I, I don't think okay. so, but um, I'm just thinking, you know, for that region, mm-hmm. that's pretty hard. I mean, that, I know a lot of people for, that move to El Dorado just for that purpose. Like I can go to school or I can have my kids go to school here and then you can, yeah. And then college is paid for if, if it's in state, they said they weren't going to change the, any of the, um, uh, the, um, any of the education, education. Stuff. Okay. Yeah. That's what they said. So corporations, yeah, you, like grain of salt, yeah. right, right, <laughs> grain of salt. Cause I mean, one of the things Aaron and I were talking about was, you know, obviously right now we're in the backdrop of, um, all of the protests and all that stuff. And I, I personally think one of the biggest ways we can change the world. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about this earlier was education. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm, I think <clears throat> I, I'm actually the two year thing with, with going up to Fayetteville, which is a very prestigious degree in the university of Arkansas Absolutely. system. And rightfully so, cause it's a good, it's a good college. Um, it, that's a, that's a very powerful thing. Cause a lot of the, the two year schools for a lot of the under, underserved populations, that's a really good way to get your feet underneath you and, 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 and then go to the big school and get the, the, the big paper degree. Well, yeah. You can get a taste of it too. Like, like I said, you know, for me, it wasn't for me. So you can, you can at a reasonable price. Yeah. 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 But if you desire the big degree, you get, go get your feet underneath you. And then when you go up there, you're much better prepared. Yeah. And you can just focus on your major. Or yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. Get all the, the history classes and yeah. all the stuff that's kind of minor out of the way. And I, I don't want to dismiss, dismiss those classes, but I guess I'm, I'm doing exactly that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, cause one of the things that I know it's a big thing and I know you and I know some of the people around here, Russ, that are big historically black college uni- university um, supporters. And I am too. I, I think, you know, um, one of the ways that we change economic status for on a lot of ways is education. Yeah, and, and so you know, I'm 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 somewhat uh, as I sit here and think about raising some of the entrance criteria, I'm nervous about that because that makes me nervous that that's going to um make universities more white, and that isn't that isn't the goal here. The goal here is to make sure that. And um, we're getting the right people in the universities. Yeah. And um and, and I think that's where the responses of those chief diversity officers and Very these important. other initiatives, which I applied. Um and and you're right, you know, both uh predominantly white institutions and historical black colleges and universities, all of them are essential. You know, they serve Amen. their, their, their purpose. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that institutions are realizing that, Hey, we can take a student where they're at and then mold them, educate them yeah. into, you know, future leaders, whether they're, they're doctors or lawyers or, um, you know, nurses, other professions that um, are, are very well needed. And, you know, you, you touch on a point with uh, everything that's going on with uh, the protests and and all. And like I said, education is so key, even in this instance. Uh, 
it's important to educate people as to what's going on. And, and sure, you know, we, we've seen the video of um, George Floyd. We've seen other instances and read reports and all these things of other um, killings that have happened. And you see protesters and then you see looters and they're not the same though. Some may kind of intermingle and overlap. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I hate that it it does kind of take away from our, one of our first amendment rights, you know, the right to protest and, and those things. So, you know, I feel if, if, if you want to protest to, open back up the barbershop so I can get a haircut or open yep. up my restaurants. Cause I'm a small business owner. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also protest against police brutality or, yep. you know, if you want to protest for animal rights mm-hmm. or any of those things, yep. you have that right to do so. Yep. And you may not agree with them, nope. but as human beings, we have to educate ourselves on why they're doing what they're doing. Amen. And so if you're doing things to cause havoc, then there, there's no learning in that. Yeah. And it just perpetuates uh, the various stereotypes and things that are going on. And, um, you know, I think it's important for, you know, the media to understand it. And I know that, at times the media wants to, you know, find one particular thing that raises the pulse yeah, of everyone have, and just hammer in yeah, on it. Yeah, they have an agenda yeah. as well. Yeah. And, 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 and it's, it, it sucks because for me, I tend to be very versatile in the receiving of my news. And so I'll, I'll switch to CNN. I'll switch to MSNBC. I'll switch to Fox. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I'll read, um, you know, Associated Press, USA Today, Washington Post, all of those, because I want to see what you're saying, how you're yeah, yeah. you're portraying everything. And yet yeah, you have to cater to your base. Yep. And so it, it's important to um, always be educated, because if Mark, if you if you tell me, um, hey, this particular thing happened and I don't educate myself to research it and I just go off of what you say. Right then I'm pretty much a sheep yeah. and I'm just following because and you're doing a disservice to yourself. You are. Yeah. And yep. then I yep. may have five friends that I say, Hey, this is what I know. Well, where'd you get that from? You know, a trusted source. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they go spread, you know, to five or 10 other people. And like I said, like Aaron said, it's, it's a disservice to everyone. And so yep. I, I, it's, and it, it becomes I, an, an echo chamber. It, it really does. Yeah. And so that's why education is so important um, because the I feel and it's a you know famous quote, the day you stop learning is the day you die pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, education is and I, I can't say this enough is so important to to everyone. And um, I just would like folks to kind of, you know, do research themselves, fact check. On on things, you know, whatever whatever the the subject matter may be, yeah. Um, have your own footing. So when someone approaches you, you can have a disagreement, yeah. Yep. But don't say I'm wrong and you're right, or or you know 
whatever the case may be. Now, if Aaron says Stockton is better than Jordan, I'm like, dude, come on. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. But, um, but no, it's, it, it's important um, to know um, the powers in educating yourself. Yeah. yeah. The news, we were talking about this and I, I'm big on, I, I don't trust any single news source. So I always check like you do check four or five, just to get the different perspectives. I think they all get it wrong. I, I jokingly tell Aaron that um, in Illinois, we, we, when I started working there, I participated in, you know, feeding some news stories. And the answer was you quickly learn that when you feed them the news stories that they almost get it right mm-hmm. on straight news stories, not like complicated emotional news stories. They almost get it right. And when you learn that you realize they're not, you know, maybe, maybe they spin it or maybe they just get it wrong, but you need to collect as much information as you can. Absolutely. And so, um, you know, every data point helps you a, a little bit better understand Aaron and I have um, struggled with this recent thing just because, um, the protesters, you know, I think have a very important message. And we, we both feel very strongly about the message of, uh, racism and, and supporting people who we believe very strongly have a, uh, an important message, which is we should all be treated equally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I always, uh, I, I used to say, and I, I've stopped saying, Hey, I don't see skin color because that's ridiculous. You and I have a different history and skin color is a part of you and yeah. my life. So that's ridiculous, but see people for human beings and, and appreciate each of us in our unique world. And, and so, um, we very much support the protesters yeah. because the message is important. Yeah. When cap took a knee and I realized that's a very controversial thing. Um, the point is, um, a peaceful protest is the most American thing that I've ever heard. Yeah. Right. Um, and so we well, got to think that destroying just- small businesses isn't, <laughs> yeah. um, that's, that's not what we do. So, um, and I'm disappointed by that, but, um, and we, we both feel very strong. Yeah, when this it. country was founded on protest, yeah. I mean, protested against, yeah. you know, Britain and yeah. taxation and everything. So this, I mean, the whole reason why America is here is because it all started with protesting and right. it's, it is, it's the fundamental right of, Hey, yeah. I'm going to do this, you know, as but, peaceful. But I, I personally think that education is the key to a lot of this, to our becoming more, more informed, but also to us. Um, becoming better as a country. And that is uh, a lot of what you've done. And I'm fascinated by your thesis because I think uh, to bring back to that, talking about how we get more diversity into the universities um, for a lot of reasons, not just uh, for education of the underserved population, but so that, um, so there's more diversity on those campuses Mm -hmm. so that um, I went to a, a huge public school for my first couple. I went to Illinois state. I grew up on that campus um, and it was, um, you know, it was somewhat diverse because it was 40,000 people with Chicago and St. Louis in between, Yeah, but it wasn't, I imagine it's much more diverse now Yeah, um, because the world's changing. Right. So, um, uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, my nieces go through, just went through, I wonder how much different their experience was than mine. I wonder what the university of Arkansas looks like now. But we need that diversity to continue to increase and, and yeah. experience. Is your paper out there where people can read it? They can. Where uh, where at? Um, it's I know it's on uh, ProQuest. Um, 
I believe the website's proquest.com. But um if you I think if you just Google um productivity based funding the model Christopher Smith, it'll okay. it'll pull so, up. So send me that link and I'll I'll make sure we post it on our Dr. Chris Smith our, is really smart. Yeah, and yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll, and I'll and I'll post it on our Facebook page so everybody can, can okay. actually read that. Perfect. Too, so. so what do you think? Um uh just just a couple more questions mm-hmm. on this. What do you think is from an educational point of view, from a leadership point of view in education, what do you think are the biggest challenges coming forth in the next five, 10 years? You're a younger guy, you know, what's, what's, what are the, the big challenges in front of educational from a leadership mentoring point of view? When I hear you describe that, I hear you talking about mentoring and leadership as the key to changing this, this, this direction. What do you think of the next big steps or the, the roadblocks are? Um, I think one of the the biggest roadblocks or challenges right now is enrollment. And because if you don't have students, you don't have business pretty much. Right. And not to say higher education is a business, even though it is, but you know, we have a larger mission uh, to focus on. Sure. And so in regards to leadership and, and mentoring students, I think the the biggest challenge in that is understanding who you're bringing into your doors. Like if you recruit students, it's important to know who you're recruiting, letting them know that you know they matter, um, and and it, it points back to that um, creating a, a sense of belonging, and so. You know, across the country, you you see schools closing down and uh, it's more so from a, you know, sustainability um, aspect, more so with with funding, because if you don't have students coming in, um, then that will, you know, hurt you. But then also if you're receiving state funding and if it's from through the productivity based funding model, and if you don't do well, you won't receive funding. And so um, those things really kind of affect um, colleges and universities right now. And so um, in that, it's just important to understand that the the leaders now in higher ed have to be more creative um in their approach because there there's a, a big discussion now is a college degree needed because you know it, it's more so skills instead of you know kind of more so um various theories and things that you you know discover in class or 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 read in textbooks and so uh really finding those creative ways in order to be um sustainable and to continue on. And so I, I I do hate seeing where schools are closing um, due to finances. And sometimes you, you see where institutions, they have students, but the bills aren't being paid. The students right bills aren't paid. And one institution um, in Arkansas, you know, had, had a, big issue in regards to, you know, finances. 
And so uh, now they're under a school system. And so it's going to take some years to get things back to normal and afloat. And so in that, the the question comes, okay, what were the leaders doing? Right. Why did you continue to allow these students to stay in without having them pay their bills? And so um, it's, it's tough. There's no silver bullet to um, higher ed in, in my opinion. Right. But, you know, I think it's very important um, that institutions do whatever they can um, legally to get students in, but then support them. Because if not, it's going to be a hard time for for leaders in higher ed to a keep their job and then b keep their schools open. I'm surprised because um, we were talking actually roundabout. We were talking about Division Two football on a HERF on Saturday night a month ago, and we were talking about um, whether Alabama and Arkansas would play football this year, and there was a lot of back and forth about the coronavirus and all that stuff. And I said, I have no idea if the SEC is going to play, but I don't think Division Two is going to play. Yeah. And um, somebody said – yeah, I have a friend who's an athletic director in a division school, two school, and he said two of the universities will definitely not play. And he says, you know how I know? The university is already closed. They're not going to open up in the fall. Two schools had already closed. He said they, they don't have enough students. They're going to come back for them to justify opening the school. And you think about that. Yeah. Um, you know, coronavirus is, is going to feed some of that, but – um, you know, there, it's an interesting, you talk about that with the funding models and all of that. Um, there is a, it, it is a weird time in higher ed right now. It's very expensive to get in. I mean, you, yeah. you just went through that. I'm, I'm getting a master's degree to get my PhD in, in, in data quality. Um, it's expensive. It is. Um, you know, I'm in a position to have that paid for somewhat. Um, but, uh, it's, it's outrageous. Uh, I shouldn't say outrageous. It's, it's expensive. It is. Um, and the price is not going down. Right. <laughs> no, it isn't. And, and it, you know, um, for you, uh, it's, you're young and it's worth it because you're going to benefit. And, yeah. but you, uh, you, besides the money, the time commitment is immense. Yeah. Um, the, the d- time away from family and friends is, is immense, but it's, a, it's a, it's a huge commitment. Um, like I said, I, as somebody who has a, a little bit of understanding of what's involved, uh, yeah. seriously, uh, uh, I, I get it. It's, it's, it's an achievement that is worth celebrating uh, all the time. I, I said, Gary, uh, and I, I should, and I called you Chris cause I, I've known you <laughs> as Chris. Um, but I, I called him, uh, Dr. Lewis and he said, no. And I said, uh, no, you've earned it. Um, and uh, Dr. Smith uh, should be what I refer to you as, but uh, um, because you've earned it. Yeah. And it's, um, that's not a minor accomplishment. That's a major thing forever, right? That's yeah. pretty, pretty damn cool. So I'm, I, I make a big deal out of that yeah. because yeah. I, I get it. Um, but uh, uh, so what kind of stuff do you, are you reading right now? What kind of uh, stuff have you, do you enjoy reading about leadership, about education? What kind of, where, where do you go? I know, I know you're, you're obviously somebody who enjoys continuing learning. Where, where are you getting your, your current 
what what currents currently is driving you or what what books have been significant to you in your past yeah um a couple have uh really really helped in regards to leadership and i see one um on the bookshelf uh tony dungy's quiet strength oh man i love that guy man you know you're you're talking about just a a stand-up guy um but then reading his story and just the title itself, quiet strength and everything that, that that he dealt with, with his son and then the the super bowl and all of those things um, that really showed how he is as a leader found the strength in all this chaos and everything going on to just continue to push through to not forget your, your purpose. And so I, I love Coach Dungy's um, book um, in that um, one book that I think is just great. Um, it's very, very thin book, Who Moved My Cheese? Oh, I love that book. You know, it deals with change and, and all these things. I uh, love the analogies. Um, uh, Patrick, I believe it's Lynchoni. Uh, the five dysfunctions of a team. <laughs> Matt, right. reading that and just understanding those those layers of the pyramid, because with and and it's so important, you know, if lack of trust, if you have lack of trust, and then you know, folks failing to commit, um, you know, focusing on individual results instead of the team, uh, lack of accountability, all of those things, and so I have to you know, keep myself in check, you know, as a leader, because you, know, you have a kid coming in, you know, 32 uh, years old. And I have folks who are either twice my age or whatever reporting to me now. Right. And when I was a student there, they were there. And so, you know, they're directors or whatever the case may be. And so now, and I remember one of my division meetings, um, you know, I came in and was um, like, okay, this is, you know, what we're going to do. And even before my, my meeting, uh, my first week there, I just kind of soaked it in. And I, I just went around to, to my, my various departments. I said, Hey, I just want to talk with you. What are, and I kind of just did the, you know, an individual SWOT analysis, the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, in your department, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What do you like? Uh, what are some things we can do? And I closed every meeting with, how can I be of service to you? And, um, you know, they folks really connected with that. But in that meeting, I had to, um, and, and back to five dysfunctions, the, the top pyramid, I had to address my ego and say in front of everyone, listen, I don't know everything. You've been here 10, 15, 20 years. I need your experience and I will bring my innovation, my ideas, my new energy and vigor to help us reach our goals. And the the thing that, that ties into even uh, USC, my, my program, um, Organizational Change and Leadership, you look at your organization and figure out where are the gaps 
in achieving our goal. You know, whatever my department's goals are, what are you doing? Okay, you're doing a 10-step process. I can help you cut it down to seven. And we're still getting quality product. And so um, the other thing is just listening. I've learned that I listen to people. And, it, you know, it it's not a good um you know, indicator when as soon as you're done talking, Mark, I have something to say. No, right. I need to register it, listen to you because you may have more to discuss. Um, so five dysfunctions of a team is probably my top leadership book right now. I'm currently reading um Malcolm Gladwell's Talking to Strangers. Are you a Gladwell guy? It's my first book of Gladwell. Okay. So I'm I'm I, I like it right now, so I'll finish this book and then I'll go to his his uh, his other work. Um, yep. But but talking to strangers, um, you know, addresses various uh, things. It, it discusses the uh, the opens with the interaction of uh, Sandra Bland and that uh, and the police officer. Yeah. Um, of I've heard that what went wrong in that interaction. Um, it talks about. Um, Jerry Sandusky and all these other historical moments that happened and what oh, wow. went wrong because that. we're talking to strangers. We we just take everything at face value yeah. instead of actually listening and observing and putting our biases on the back burner huh. and just look into that. So um, I'm still reading it, but that's what I'm currently reading. I'm also doing, um, uh, I'm getting into a few podcasts. Um, you know, my my commute to work is about 30 minutes. And so that uh, going to work, I don't listen to music. I don't listen to podcasts. I just gather my thoughts as yeah. I'm, uh, you know, going because I want to go in fresh. The reflection. Yeah. Yeah. And then on the way home, I'm, you listen to music or podcasts. Um, definitely listen to the straight cut. Um <laughs> And other podcasts, but um, that that's what I'm educating myself on nice. uh, right now. It's been a while since I've read the five dysfunction uh, of a team. That's 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 been around for a while. Yeah, um, and I, that's a good one. I I've forgotten about that one. Um, I'm interested on the Gladwell. I have not read Talking to Strangers, yeah. and your description there makes me want to go grab that right now and listen to it. Um, you and I read a lot of the same type of books. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm fast fascinated by your description. I, I think you make a, as I'm sitting here thinking through my conversations I had this week, cause you're, as you're sitting there, um, um, one of the things that I struggle with, um, and you did a great job of articulating there is, um, is, is talking or listening to understand instead of listening to reply. Um, and that's such a, that's a struggle with people. And I think you did a good job of articulating why it's yeah. an ego thing, right? I think I have all the answers. I'm, I'm an old guy. I've, I've seen, I've seen the world, right? Yeah. yeah. But, um, a lot of times younger guys like you have, um, have different, and I have young people on my team yeah. who are smart as hell. And, um, I, I, I have to check myself and say, you know, 
person one, you know, I need to listen because they have great ideas and just slow myself down. Right. So a lot of times I'm rushing to the end. Um, those are great points. Um, I think listening to understand is one of those things that, and you argued and you hit my nail right on the head, which is it's it's ego because I'm pretty sure I got the answer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, With you being, but even if I do, pausing a little bit and thinking about what they said it's not going to change if it if it doesn't change my answer that's fine it just took a little longer to get to it yeah yeah processing what they said and understanding may even help me craft an answer to give a better answer even if the answer is the same um it's it's slowing down but understanding is it's a powerful listening tool yeah that's the the old Dale Carnegie um, uh, <laughs> technique, which is the first management book I ever read, and it's not even a management book; it's just a people book. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the dysfunction book because I, I I have that somewhere in, in a stack somewhere at home, <laughs> um, and and redo that because that that is um, there's a lot of value and there's a whole series of those type of books that talk about yeah team building and how you destroy team building right. So well, I'm I'm interested on the uh, in the who moved my cheese. Because of the change, but that, I mean, God, that we, we all deal with cheese be, all the time. I mean, that book's well, got to be forty years old. That yeah. book's got to be. I think that came out in the eighties, maybe nineties. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, and I, that happened. I think about month two or three into my deanship, where you know I made some change, like policy changes. Um especially with our, our student orgs. And, you know, we had a handbook, a student org handbook, but, you know, many weren't following it. And I reviewed it, took out things that I'm like, okay, this is you know, 10 years old. And, you know, just kind of redid it. And when I kind of shared with the student org advisors, hey, these are the things that are going into effect immediately. Um, and, and I have, if, if a student org wants to present a, an event, the handbook reads, um, it must be approved by me 14 days before it happens. And it was an org, um, they sent the request on, um, it was like 12 days away. I said, no. And man, I get a literal like four to five paragraph email from the advisor just grilling me saying, you don't know what you're doing. You're going to ruin all the, you know, the orgs and uh, you don't understand how the organization works and the structure and things. And I'm thinking, I'm a doctor, trust me. (laughs) But uh, you know, I I read and I comprehended and you know, I, I, under I, I explained and I, I, my next meeting with all the advice, I explained, okay, this is why, because you have an event you want to do. Once I get all the details, I may actually have an idea as to, Hey, let's add more of something to this to have a bigger impact. But then also if you need it, pubbed on you know our social media or our website or whatever i want to give our marketing folks time to fix whatever and then you have enough time to build up the anticipation yeah and so 
once that was described, um, everyone else fell in line. Right. But, you know, the, the one person, it, it's still kind of that, you know, cloud over them. Like, you know, I really just just fussed at the dean for, for no reason. And I'm thinking, yeah, you know, I, I, I could, you know, Mark, I could let my ego just jump in and sure. It's probably you know, hard who, who not you, to. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. It was, oh. but I said, you know, what will my reaction, what good would come out of this? Right. Other than two, yeah. two grown adults fussing and fighting via email. I know you, you're not going to yep. uh, you know, get that rise out of me because it boils down to how's this going to help the students. Yeah, yeah. I, I try to keep that as my North star. Well, and I, Aaron has caught some nights when I've been that, that got that email and been frustrated. And I've been back here and go, don't you know who I am? And <laughs> I know what the hell I'm doing. Right. I've, I've said those things. And then the next day, what comes out is a completely reasonable email that says, Hey, let's think about this. Can we make some time to have a conversation? Yeah. And it doesn't sound anything like the asshole that was back here, like saying, <laughs> yeah, I like, know what the hell I'm doing. Like, I saw the first draft. That wasn't like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That didn't, that didn't, you no. didn't say any of those fucking words yeah. when you were talking to me. But yeah, no, I've had that reaction where you just go, Wow. Okay. Well, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So, so going back to once you got done with your defense, mm-hmm. did you have a certain cigar that you're like, this is I'm ha- I'm saving this one for this. What was it? Lost City. Okay, that's a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's can a good I, cigar. Can yeah. I borrow one of you guys' lighters? Yeah, here. Yeah, I. Um, Soon as I was done, it was it was hilarious. My chair, um, after the committee left, she, you know, met with me. She said, "Hey, you know, you did a great job. Here's some things I want you to work on for your to submit the final draft before we publish." She said, "Have a drink, or you know, whatever. Enjoy yourself." And as soon as I was done, cutting you know, light, cut cutting light, <laughs> and you know it. it it didn't resonate yet that I did it. Yeah. You know, it was, it was just, you know, enjoying the, the cigar. And so I, I really, you know, uh, think that it was, it was worth it. Yeah. And I, I won't go on a shopping spree for those, but for the, for that moment, <laughs> that was, that was it for me. Well, what I like, you know, I'm one to believe like if you put that shit out there in the universe, you're going to achieve it. Um, you know, I told that with Mo when Mo started working with Mark, like we sat on my balcony one night yeah. and I got, and I, I told her, I was like, I'm going to make you uncomfortable. I was like, stand up, look outside, like just say what you want, plain, plain and simple. Just say what you want. And I remember a couple of years ago, you got a humidor that said like Dr. Christopher Smith engraved on to the top. Yeah. So, I mean, that was what, two years ago at yeah. least that was, that was or more. I actually got that. It was right when I got accepted into USC. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's been a while. And I remember seeing that. I'm like, all right. Yeah. That's like, put badass. That, put yeah. that shit out there. I'm, and it's, I yeah. I kind of totally dig that. That is, yeah. That's nice. Yeah. And, and it was when I took it to get it engraved, um, you know, nice lady. She was, she said, what do you want it to say? I said, Dr. Christopher Smith. I said, oh, you're a doctor. I said, not yet. 
Yeah. And like the the smile on her face was like, just do it. And, and yeah. And that's big energy. That is. And, and, And you're, you're so right with that. Um, I, who is it that I listened to? Um, uh, rapper Nipsey Hussle mm-hmm. It's one of his songs where he was saying, um, I spoke some things into the universe and they appeared. Yeah. No. And you're, you're spot on, man. It's important to have that energy mm-hmm. yep. because even when I was, like I said, with the, the, the humidor, I had that imprinted. Um, and then before this, the job, before I even got the job, I, I was so I'm gonna get it like yeah. I, I have to I have to do this and you have to so, go in with that mindset you, you do yeah. because um if not you're going to um you know psych yourself out yeah and I know um you know Jordan would 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 say why would I worry about missing a shot that I haven't taken yet right and so it, it, it's so important to just speak those things um that aren't here yet but that you want yeah so if you speak it into existence and then you work for it it's gonna happen yeah and if it doesn't happen that means that there's something bigger and better that's about to happen and so that that's what 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 i believe and i'm glad that that you did that with her um and you have to get uncomfortable it, you, yeah, you do. Because like, I, I, I told her, I was like, fine, I'll go first. And I stood up and I was like, I, I was talking about the podcast or something like that. And yeah. I was like, all right, it's your turn now. And I put her, because we had the same balcony. Yeah. I put her between the railing and I put her and I was behind her. I had my arms on the balcony. I was like, you are not leaving until you say something. And then like at first, you know, it was timid. And then she started talking and I'm like, all right. It's like, now you know what you have to do. Yeah. It's like, you've already said what your end goal is. You put that out there. Now it's going to be up to you to make sure that you fulfill what you said, what you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and and that's a testament to this right here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The podcast. I mean, I remember you mentioning it. Like, yeah, we have some cool coming up podcast. I was like, okay, that sounds cool. Mm -hmm. I didn't see the vision, but now I think what, what sold me was the, the cartoon graphic. I said, this is awesome. Yeah. And then listening to you guys and then, you know, your excitement with the new board and and all of this, I'm thinking y'all are this, y'all are what? 60. You'll be 61. Full up. 61. Dude, hats off to y'all because this is something you wanted. You worked for it. Mm -hmm. And from the post on social media, folks all over, yeah. Word are listening to it, yeah. yeah, and and they applaud you all for that, and Crazy. so to say that I know guys that have a podcast, yeah. And what's cool is like you, I mean, your voice is now going to be heard in I think it's thirty two countries right now. Nice. I mean, we just picked up two new countries this past week. Picked up Japan. Aaron's big and, on countries. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, but it's cool. Like no, you, it is so, cool. I mean, yeah, it's like, totally. I cool. mean, because you got to think there's education globally. Yeah. And now you know somebody in Australia. Or um, uh, Finland, who is just blown up on their on our board. Like somebody out there will probably might, might hear something that you said, and yeah. it's gonna it's gonna resonate further on down the line. Yeah. So it's kind of like everything we know at the at the end of the day. This show is 
40% cigar, 60% bullshit. But it's the shows like this. It's the shows like this that resonate to yeah. a deeper calling yeah. to people who listen. Because, you know, yeah. this is out of our norm. This is one that we've, bo- I mean, all throughout the week, we do pre-production shows all week long, going over notes. You know, yeah. I talk to you, yeah. I talk to Mark, I send you the call sheet, stuff like that. But this one right here is one we've had on our radar at least a month. Like, okay, we need to go over this. We need to go over this because we know this is going to be more than just our standard bullshitting episode. It's going to be one that's going to resonate for for episodes and and years on down the line. And this is going to be a good one to go back to later on. Like after a year or so, you know, definitely you're going to, you're going to be fucking back in the chair and just to see what has transponded from this first one on later on down the line. Yeah. Absolutely. So. This is this is one we've been looking forward to. Yeah. Um, so, um, first of all, a good friend of both of us, and um, this is kind of far exceed. This has been awesome. Yeah. <laughs> this is a, I've enjoyed this conversation. I know we said. I know I, 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 I know I said like we can record five hours worth of audio, and we're going to damn near try. <laughs> we're <gonna> try. <laughs> this has been great because um, we still got like a lot to go. Yeah, on, we on do. our normal stuff. Yeah, on a normal. And stuff. I don't, And honestly, I don't fucking care. Yep, I know. Um, I'm, I'm hip to that. Um, yeah. so, uh, so, uh, it, it is cool. And it, you talk about, I, I use the term big audacious goals. And so Mo does work for me and I challenge my folks. I always ask uh, new people and I did ask Mo and she was quiet, but, um, I do ask people, you know, what do you want? What's your goal? What, what does three years, five years look like? Um, and that, that's a big thing. I think people and and so when you wrote down on your humidor, you, you had that, that's my goal. Big yeah. audacious goal. You talk about education. What's your What's your goal five years from now? Where you, What What do you You know, obviously your your goals change the world. I can tell. Yeah. Um, but what What's your long term goals here? Man, um, this will sound crazy. Um, it's only crazy if you don't do it. Yeah, that's true. But no, um, I. Really, I really don't, and this is just, I really don't set goals per se because, you know, if you say by, you know, this year I'm going to have this, this is going to happen. What if it doesn't happen? Then you psych yourself out. Right. And then you lose all that hope, all oh, that effort. You, you, you lose it. And so, um, but in a more, I guess, tangible sense for me, Professionally, I definitely want to move up. Um, sure. Whether it's a you know vice chancellor, um, uh, my my current chancellor, he is adamant that hey, you're going to be a chancellor somewhere. You're going to be a college president, Amen. and I'm thinking for real, yeah. But for real, I'm thinking why not? Yeah. You know, so I I definitely want to do that, but I I also um, want to do consulting. Okay. <laughs> you know, kind of like either, you know, with higher ed and, and student leadership development or with organizations and, um, you know, reaching those big audacious goals and, and whatever the case may be. Yeah. And so those are some things that that I'm, I'm kind of marinating right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, it's 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 fun because. I'm going to think it. I was like, okay, how do I get there? Yeah. And so it, it's it's great that I never thought that I would be where I am now. 
Sure. But now that I'm here, I have a responsibility to pull up as many people as I can. And so, you know, it, it just ties into my passion. And then with my students, they know that I'm serious. I'm fun, but um, I'm serious as well. And so helping them understand, hey, you're young, enjoy it. Yeah. But have a plan. Yeah. Have a plan. Yeah. And I think this would be a good show for your students to 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 hear also Except to hear your you, to hear. <laughs> yeah. Stay in school. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Stay in school. Don't uh, do drugs. Yeah. To to hear <laughs> Stay in school. To hear your <laughs> to to hear your to hear your aspect. Because you know, they probably see a lot of Dr. Christopher Smith, but they don't see, you know. I the, bet she's pretty cool. Well, yeah, but I'm saying, yeah. but you know, like now you're you're articulating in a different way. You're not talking to students. You're more or less talking about the students on what you see in them. Yeah, right. and if they hear that coming from a different aspect or a different avenue, it could you know click something totally different in in some yeah. of their minds. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things, especially in the first part, when you were talking about uh, the father, the dad, dead, dead Chris, right? Mm-hmm. Um, people will tell they can tell if you yeah. care about them or not. Mm-hmm. And if you're just being a leader or you're just doing, going through the motions, but if you care about them and you truly want them to succeed because you care, um, they'll, they'll, they can tell that they, they, you can't fake that. Yeah. And when you, when you describe that, you can tell in the way you talked about that. Yeah. They know, and they know, and they see that. And when they know that, that makes all the difference. That's, um, you'll hear people call it servant-based leadership, right? You, that's the yeah. term you hear, and I, I I like that term, but people get that confused, and it's really about being a leader from the heart, right, and caring about people and wanting them to succeed, not because their success reflects on you, yeah. but because their success means something to you. Yeah. And that's what you described, I thought, very articulately early on, was because you wanted them to succeed, not yeah. because their success mattered to you professionally, mm-hmm. but because their success mattered to you. It's like tending Stop. a tending a garden. You know, you you plant that seed, you water, you yeah. see, and you see it grow. I yeah. mean, all that hard work, and then you know, putting in the nutrients and just doing everything yeah. like that to see. You know, it's the old analogy. Analogy. You you see them blossom, and yeah. you just see them go on. But the key is knowing why you want them to succeed. And, yeah. the, the, and you described because you wanted them to succeed for them. Yeah. And because you cared about them. Yeah. And that, uh, like you said, you, you, you hit that nail right on the head. Yeah. And you, that was, that was, that was well said. So, yeah. Yeah, this has been yeah. uh, this has been a light show, um, which we expect these leadership shows to be yeah. detailed in. And you've, uh, you've, you've delivered um, more than I expected uh, or more than I, Hope for, or I don't know. Yeah. This has been awesome. That's yeah. the word I wanted. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this has been great. Well, so is there any other are, questions? I'm kind of out. I'm, I could, no, I think I'm good on, I guess, you know, you've spent the past eight years studying. Yeah. You know, I, you seem to one, you always want to educate yourself. You know, I know doctor is kind of like the upper tier. Mm-hmm. Is there, do you want to go to another master's, another doctorate? Do you, where do you see yourself? You know, I don't, I don't think this is your end goal on the education of, for yourself, for your title. Where yeah. do you want to add to, you know, make your name even longer? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
funny story. After Esquire, you know, throw throw in a little <laughs> law in there. After I I defended, um, and it's probably about a month or so afterwards, and every, everything was pretty much settled. I started looking up, you know, master's programs in law. <laughs> I'm thinking, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> stop, stop, stop. You know, I enjoy um, school. You must as well. Yeah. And it, it's, um, I mean, l- learning is, is, can be contagious. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it can be in, in any field or any aspect of life, you know, and for me, I'm really l- trying to learn cigars even more. But yes. yeah, I smoke them and and that. But no, I really want to know. Okay, the the filler, the binder, the wrapper, all these things. And so, because when I hear you guys talk about it, I'm like, man, how do they know all this? And then you know, you start researching. Okay, this is where it is, or this is where it comes from. And so yeah. it, it's so. Um, important with that but i i do i am interested in looking at something else but probably later on down the road mm-hmm. um i will say that sometimes i some individuals may do it just to add those extra credentials just because yeah, yeah. and i'm thinking if i put in the time the effort and resources I need to get something out of it that I can plug back into the world. Right. And so not just for you. Yeah. Not, not just for yeah. me. Um, so I think that that's where I'm at right now. And probably about three or, or four years, you know, my, my opinion may change. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? I might be in another program doing something else. <laughs> right. Yeah. Education uh, is a very big time commitment. So it's always, yeah. That's always the thing with that. So, yeah. So. Well, on the leadership side, I think I'm I'm good on cool. on the the whole main point of why we brought Doctor in here. So. We did, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we we need to probably do some of our standard stuff here. Yeah. So, well, before we do that, let's go ahead and since we're almost all done with the cigar, let's go ahead and get a, that knocked. Good out. job. It's hard to smoke and talk. So yeah. Just for the record, <laughs> you've, you've done well on that. The first yeah. uh, just uh, inside baseball, the first cigar I smoked. While well, we talked, I got a good solid inch smoked mm-hmm. of my cigar. I, I did. <laughs> it's, it's a, yeah, it's just because Pardon. it is. When you have the mic in front of your face, and it's you're like, yeah. yeah, just talking. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, plus, I cried a bunch, and so it got wet. Well, we are the show that cries. We are the show that cries. All right, so since uh, you know, you're the caveat on this one, you know, you're the odd man out on this cigar, what's your take? Um, it's been nice. It's um, Once again, the company always impacts it. Yeah. Um, it's not a smoke for me again, but it's been better than the last few times I've smoked it. The um, I've definitely continued to get a little of the stank, a little of the earthiness, no spice. Um, I got I'm more still, of that stank in that third. Yeah, yeah. No, no leather for me. No nuttiness. Um, it's a rich, the cocoa-y little coffee goes with the beer. It's decent. Yeah. So I'm, I, it, it's definitely the best Milano I've ever smoked, largely, I think, because of the company that I keep. Yes. Yes. All right, doctor, and you. So you, I actually have two for you. So this is a cigar you smoke quite often, you like, because it was the first one yeah. you ever had. Um, how was your first beer ever? My first beer was actually good. Starting out, I said, man, this is bitter. But then 
as I began to drink more of it, I'm thinking, man, this is yeah. some good stuff. Not just first Stones Throw beer. First beer ever. First beer ever. Yeah. yeah. So so it's it's very good, and it it as as Mark alluded to, it's the company makes yeah. it even yeah. m- you know more better um, for it. So this will definitely be a memorable one. Yep. This is a the this is a milk stout. This is um this is my favorite type of beer. Yes. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And it and it goes well with this cigar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, rich and creamy and yep. 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 So I'm, I in the cigar too. I I do like this one a lot. I don't smoke. I I, I prefer the the Maduro of the Milano uh just a hair more. Um but this one it's a, it for me it's a good it's a good solid smoke. I I, re- I do really enjoy this. I mean, I, I like a lot of the Oliva, and Oliva sells very well yeah. here. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of the biggest brands we sell, you know, at West End, and so it's. I mean, it, it and it is. It's like it's a cultural phenomenon of how many people just really love the money. Yeah. We see it on it's the crazy. Discord all the time, and yeah. and you know, it is. It's just it's it's crazy just how. You know, the Milano found a niche in the cigar market, and they've definitely gone with that. And it's two of the last three LCC cut and lights. The manufacturer who makes cigars was asked, what cigar would you smoke other than your own? Mm -hmm. Two of the last three have listed this as their first cigar that they would smoke. So people who make cigars list, this as one of their favorite cigars. So, you know, I mean, yeah, so it's on there. There are people who know. Yeah. Yep. Like way more than I do, way more <laughs> articulate about this than I do. Well, I mean, and and, it, and it comes down to just what each what individual like. person yeah, likes they can be to wrong. begin with. Yeah, they can yeah. be wrong. Yeah. I'll give, them a, I'll give them a second to reconsider. Humbling. <laughs> Humbling, yeah. That's my best friend. I'm wrong all the damn time. I just, you get used to it after a while. So. All right, so what what uh, I'm interested, what song or what what album do I have uh, for so, me this time? So I considered um, Luke Bryant for sure. Yes. Uh, I thought you would enjoy that. I know you're And big, I'm, I'm totally fine with going. With, I, know, I know we know so, this is, we're getting out of our comfort zones. We were yeah. going back and forth. And obviously the last album that I picked for you was The Clash, The Clash, because I know you're a big punk rock guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I actually don't think your stuff is actually that punk rock. I think my stuff is punk rock because well, I it's 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 my era it's post 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 modern <laughs> industrial I, Nintendo industrial. punk rock. Besides <laughs> that, I remember back in the day. This is going to be a somewhat long story. Back in the day when I was in, in high school and college mm-hmm. um, in at, at Illinois State. Um, that they had a local radio station and I heard this band um, there and fell in love with them. And they are, um, some people will call them punk, punk rock. I call them rock. Um, and they were, they came out at the time and they were, um, they're political, they're Irish. Mm-hmm. And um, they've had several, um, they're, they're world famous for um, band or live aid. Mm-hmm. So um, they uh, their lead singer is Bob Geldof. So it's the Boomtown Rats. Okay, do you know the Boomtown Rats? I do not. Okay, Boomtown Rats were a band in the seventies and eighties. They're they are um, they have the punk attitude. They they refer to themselves as punk rock. Okay. Um, they have um, they have a song that isn't on the album that I get that is one of the most political songs. Ireland in the seventies 
was um, to quote Bob Geldof, a shit show. It was, and um, they was. I'm, a, I'm very familiar with, and that. he. They wrote a song <laughs> that's not on this album called "Banana Republic," which um, is a very political song that illustrates what a shit show it is, and it's a punk rock. Uh, album much like your stuff is a punk rock album it's not like the sex pistols mm -hmm. with all the thrashing around but it's um it's more subtle it's mm -hmm. attitude punk rock punk is not so much music based punk is lyric based i think just I, like what we talked about i agree little, little richard one of the i would consider a punk artist because i would agree because he went so the, the i'm way. going to pick the first album um and there's a there's a there's a song on here that is particularly foreshadowing for me, mm -hmm. but I'll let you find it. Okay. Um, it was the first album that I found of theirs. Okay. Um, and it's the fine art of resurfacing. It is not, they are very talented. Um, they have some peppy songs and they have whatever. They're quirky band. Okay. Um, they are, um, they're an interesting band. They have Bob Geldof mm -hmm. is one of the guys who, um, oh, like much like Bono is a very politically active guy. Okay. They have a new album called out called welcome to boomtown. Okay. Um, and, uh, but this album is, I think from 81, 82 or 79. Okay. Um, it's the fine art of resurfacing and, um, it is, but as an additional assignment, you want to listen to the song, um, banana uh, Republic, banana Republic. <laughs> okay. It's, it's, it's quirky and it's funny. And it is a, it lights uh, Irish politics on fire, but the album, which is the first time I experienced them, and that's what I went back to, is the fine art of resurfacing. And so they're from Ireland. <clears throat> My understanding is they're somewhere in the region. I okay. think of them as an Irish rock band. Okay, so we have a theme this week: <laughs> Irish rock bands. Um, we're going Irish bands. Okay. Um, so we're going with music that I grew up with. Um, we're going with a band that is from where my family is from of County Cork. Okay. Um, we're going traditional Irish though. Okay. Uh, we're going with a band named, I know you've probably never heard of them. Um, it's called Danu, um, which is the, it's the, um, in, in Celtic mythology, it's the, the, the natural mother, the nature's mother. It's the, it's an Irish goddess. Danu. Danu. So what kind of music is it? It's traditional folk. Irish. I love traditional folk. Um, Irish. This is what you would hear when you go down to, music. to the local pub. It has okay. a fiddle. It has the tin whistle. It has, you okay. know, lyrics. Um, you, you know, I love me the fiddle. Yes. Uh, they sing in Gaelic. They sing in Irish. Oh, sweet. Um, English. I don't speak Gaelic. I don't anymore. Um, but, um, <laughs> that applied you spoke Gaelic at some point. I, I knew a little bit. Yes. Okay. Um, swearing Gaelic. Is that uh, what that means? Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, so it's fair enough. So this is like, if you go to the local pub in small town, Ireland, okay, this is what you hear the band sitting in the corner, the, the okay. fiddle, tin whistle, you know, guitar, okay. a, a little, a little drum. Um, it's one I think you would really like. Okay. Because I know you do like the Celtic music. And oh, this I love is, the Celtic And this music. isn't Celtic like... So one uh, of the things when I'm working in my office at home, yeah. I have uh, I have a Pandora channel, which is Celtic music, because it's very soothing, mm -hmm. and I just, just love that. Yep. So this one... Much like I'm, I'm just high as a kite and, and listening. Uh, it's just very soothing. Yeah. 
So this one is Danu, the album. It's their newest one, uh, 10,000 Miles. Um, this 10, is 10,000 Miles. No, not that not, one. Not that one. Oh. Uh, so they were <laughs> also they, an Irish band, right? Uh, yes, but. Oh. Um, I don't. But you, but you guys don't claim them? <laughs> like I'm acting like you're Irish? Yeah. <laughs> So they were they were labeled the they they won two awards from the BBC for best traditional Irish music. They're oh, cool. the only band to ever win two awards. Cool of the of the same category. So hey. it is. It's going to be you know we have a theme. We have an Irish. We have an Irish, Irish. theme. Yeah, but I, I like I, I've never heard of Boomtown Rats. But yeah, definitely you have not heard of Ireland. Boomtown. Ireland in the seventies was um, chaotic. I guess yeah. is a nice way to put it. So I was just thinking because I was listening to Billy Idol who has a show on volume and he was talking mm-hmm. about Bob Geldof and I was listening to Bob Geldof talk about Bob Geldof is a, as a right wanker mm-hmm. to use the English terms. I act like I'm English <laughs> for a second. Um, and he was talking about it and, and uh, it was, uh, it reminded me of how much I enjoyed their music okay. and how influential their music was in that era where, um, your stuff came out of mm-hmm. right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, and especially in the seventies, you. I was, was listening this morning while I was smoking that. I sat on my porch this morning, drinking a cup of coffee, um, listening, watching all the the various news sites, yeah. including the governor's press conference, listening to the Boomtown Rats, smoking that Martinez forty five. Which damn, yeah, that forty five. Right. Oh. That forty five is so good. I can't oh. wait. I cannot wait for our review of the Flatiron. I know uh, it was hard not to pick that out this morning because <laughs> I, I smoked a forty five and then I looked at that Flatiron. I'm going. I know I'm supposed to save that. I'm supposed to fuck, hold it. Yeah. Fuck Aaron. Because fuck I think, Aaron and the horse he rode in on. I think that that's the only bull- cigar that we have the same of. Everything else is a little different. Oh, wise. That forty five was delicious. That forty five is good. Oh man. So, and everybody keeps telling me that. And then, so I, I made a special little like moment for it. Tuck it away. So you don't, so you don't touch it. Yeah. And then I listened to the pulpit after that and, and heard the, uh, the uh, dog, you were telling me about the dog. So getting, the gator story of how he accidentally got his dog high. God, yeah. Gator. I, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, cause I know Nick and I have now spent a bunch of time uh, from cigar pulpit. And if you haven't listened to them, um, they're hilarious. But, yeah. So Nick and, and I, and we're going to have the, we're going to have Nick on next week. Yeah. Nick's on next week. That's yeah. right. Um, and, and so you said, oh, uh, cause I, I told you, you need to l- listen to Scar Pulpit. Mm-hmm. And so he texts me and says like seven in the morning, seven in the morning. <laughs> if you, if you heard the, if you heard the gator story about getting his dog high <laughs> and I said, no, don't ruin the fucking current ass episode for me. You're killing me. And he, and he goes, and so now I heard it this morning. Oh man. It was, it was gators funny. with the naked gardening. I mean, gators. So he, this dude, um, he's naked a lot. So, but he celebrate. I guess there's a year, a day every year. I didn't know this. Yeah. Where it's like Naked Gardener Day. Mm-hmm. Did you know this? No. Right, white people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're on this thing, and he goes, uh, "Today's Naked Gardener Day," and I went, uh, "Okay." And he goes, and then so then he flashes. Up, we're on a Zoom meeting. He flashes it up, and he's like, and I go, "Does he have neighbors?" He goes, "Yeah." I said, "This is during the day," and he's like, "Naked in his garden." Yeah. Yeah, just he goes. His, like- his neighbors were grilling at the time, and I go, "That's that's indecent exposure." Where I'm from, I don't know. I'm from Arkansas. We're fucking pretty loose down here, <laughs> but that's like indecent exposure. So, it, the Gator story is hilarious. Quit touching your face, I know, dumbass! I just did it again. Jeez, it, man, it burns. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, it, so I guess I will say it is an oily cigar. <laughs> <laughs> I take it all back. I still no, love it's Valori. I still love you, Oliva. <laughs> uh, all right. So apparently, we are going to cry this episode. Uh, well, not not by anything strong, just my own stupidity. 
<laughs> the oh, stupidity man. is strong in this one. It will, yeah. Well, all in, all in, at least in this corner over here. <laughs> I don't know about you two. Um, I've right. not touched my eyes yet. Oh, man, that hurts. All right, so now we can come to the end of the show. Chris, you know all about the game. Yeah. Um, has there been any in particular that you're like, absolutely not? What was last week? Last all of them. Week, last week was uh, the most hated or loved person for a day. Right. Um, I had so many people say, like, every time, I, I got more no's Every than time you belch, you're the most hated or most loved person. No, every time you hear a car horn. <laughs> every time you hear a car horn, you're the most hated or loved person the rest of the day. And <laughs> and you just go, first of all, I belch. So, so, or, or, or I hear a car horn fairly regularly. The belch was the previous week. So every every answer we got on the on our on our Discord was no. Yeah. Because even if you're the most loved person every day, that's like gotta be pretty disruptive. Yeah. I mean you're a dean of students. You're either loved or hated. It's it's Yeah, you gotta yeah, yeah. you know what that's like. You might yeah. as well just take the money then. Yeah. <laughs> He's going, that's my life. All right, this week. Million dollars. What? Whenever you lose a sock. You have to eat an entire jar of mayonnaise. <laughs> so I don't hate mayonnaise. I do. <laughs> I hate mayonnaise. So I'm going to send you an automatic no. I'm no. That's so like, I'm trying not to gag just thinking about it. That's so disgusting. So would that mayonnaise come on wet bread? <laughs> oh, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm a, so I'm a miracle whip fan. So yeah. well, we'll count that. Okay, good. <laughs> That'll work. Yeah, because if, because if I do have to eat mayonnaise, I'm it's Miracle Whip. Yeah, yeah so. but a di- but entire jar like. Have you ever eaten Miracle Whip straight though? Like pudding. I don't know that I have. Not straight. Um, but I mean, you can mix it. I guess you can mix it in with something. Yeah. Now this one is an entire jar of mayonnaise. You can still mix it. With. That says you can't mix it. Yeah, like, but I mean, and, yeah, I mean, gin or I mean, I guess you can. Oh, oh, the consistency of that <laughs> juniper and mayonnaise—that's gross. Um, like, well, I mean, eating eating mayonnaise or Miracle Whip still not pleasant. Oh, oh yeah. just, I'm just, I could, uh, I'm getting the texture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm no, can, I'm, I'm out, I am out because so, I lose socks all the damn time. Like I, I saw a thing today. Like whenever you lose a sock, it comes back as a Tupperware lid that you can't find the Tupperware <laughs> for. <laughs> it's so true. Well, I feel like you need a little better control of your household items. Like yeah. I feel like we need an intervention on that. Seriously, I put in. I can put in. You mean you have? You happens to you too? Like you put in twelve socks. I haven't lost a sock in fifteen years. Ah, bullshit. <laughs> I'm calling you out on that one. Fuck. How about a little household control? Nah, whatever. <laughs> You've never lost a sock since 2005. I didn't say never. I said 15. Since 2000. You didn't let me finish. You just talked about how you're just, you got to. I'm not listening you got, to you. You got to butt, butt in there with your words and well, not let well, me I finish. I said people I want to understand. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. I'm saying no. What about you? I'm not eating the whole fucking thing. <laughs> Miracle Whip or mayonnaise or mustard. Any of those. <laughs> so, oh, any condiment. <laughs> I'm not eating the whole thing of condiment. <laughs> That's a no for me. <sighs> Stretch it over a period of time. No, I, I mean, 
like in a, in a day, but you know, not just in one sitting. Could you eat an entire jar of mayonnaise in one day? Just with, by the spoonful? Oh God! Now, could you cut socks out of your life? Let me go at this from a different oh. point of view. Could you uh. go? Could you cut socks out of your life? You could just be a suit and boat shoe kind of guy. No. <laughs> You no, I couldn't. See, I can't either. I wear work boots. I could boots. walk around barefoot. I could just work from at home all the time and walk around barefoot. See, I have to wear work boots. I have to have socks on. No, I I, I can't. I, I Because I can feel my feet sweating in my shoes. Ugh. And, yeah. yeah. And you play basketball a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. No. So we're three no's? Three no's, man. Wow. <laughs> is uh, since, we, since we're on the condiment talk, is ketchup a uh, jam? Since it is a fruit, technically. Or a jelly. What? <laughs> tomato is a tomato is a fruit. So is ketchup a jam or jelly? Uh, we getting deep in here now. It, it's taken two and a half hours to get to the hard, deep questions. What in the hell's wrong with you? Um, <laughs> That's the real question. Let me the, ask the, the, the follow-up the question. The growler of missing beer to my right? Yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> Um, no, no, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> we so is jam a ketchup since it's a fruit? What? No, that's <laughs> what? No, I just I don't know. You 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 blurred all the fucking lines. Me, <laughs> cats and dogs. Me, me and Mo were laying in bed this week, and we were talking like wow. uh, million dollars, bud. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> she's gonna be so pissed when she hears this oh yeah uh, um we were talking and like we we're we we're kind of going through like million dollars thing because we yeah. we do it all the time uh, like <laughs> one thing was like would you take a million dollars if your skin changed colors like a mood ring like it like if you you turn red when you're angry you turn blue when you're sad you know would you would you do that so you're you can never hide any emotion if you were like a giant mood ring there are people who claim that I am a giant mood ring. <laughs> you're, you're one kind of ring. I can. <laughs> Once again, there are people who claim that I am a giant mood ring. I would do that. I think. I think you would. So, uh, remind me of the colors of the mood. Well, ring. I mean, I assume because well, I'd I, love to see I mean, you. I, be, I, I, I mean, you're already pink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't worn a mood ring since like third grade, but I think it was like red was angry, blue was sad, yellow was happy. Um, I, I don't. I mean, I don't know what else there was. It's, I'm, I'm so not. So this ties a, back to the elementary conversation school. about the time you asked to smoke in here, so you yeah. could see him be. <laughs> what color is frustrated? Yeah, <laughs> that's the question well, I let want. Me, let me. Let me just. I'm not sure I want people to know mood ring colors. I got. I love Google. <laughs> you do love Google. man you type in what mood, colors Lou? you type in mood and r and it comes up all right so green is stressed red is fear yellow is nervous uh man that's bullshit I don't, I don't know. Oh, these kids today don't even have oh i guess it is rings. okay so green stressed red nervous um orange is unsettled uh blue is relaxed what's the difference between nervous and unsettled i don't know purple <laughs> is romantic you googled it um pink is happy I mean, so you're happy happy? all the time. (laughs) You're the happy Smurf. (laughs) I I am. 
That's, um, that's the name of the show right there. So You're here's, the okay, here's nerf. another one. Black is tense, nervous, harassed, overworked. Gray is anxious, nervous, strained. Amber is nervous. Everything's fucking nervous. Right. I'm just, I would just be like nervous all the time. Right. Like, what color am I now? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing that. I don't know. Well, maybe. So, what color is confused? Because that's what I would. <laughs> that's be all. Right. That's all the colors. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. That's opaque. Uh, all right. Well, we've been going for two and a half hours. Have we? Yes. Wow. It seems about forty-five minutes. Yeah. This has been. This has been great. Um. Yes, it has been. I. You know. Like we said, we were already touched on it. You know, we're glad to get you over there and yep. you know, yeah. get this your will not be the last time you're on. No, definitely yeah. not. You know, and it's you know, and we we talked about how the the leadership shows are going to be kind of a reoccurring segment. Yep. You know, space them out over a few months and everything. Um, you know, it's going to be the next one has some big shoes to fill. I will say that it, yeah. this one yeah. was a it was it was. A, Educational is eye opening, and you know, of course, we're going to get that from a doctor of education. You know, I expect nothing <laughs> less uh, than that. But honestly, you know, I, I, you know, I, I want to put your thesis out there so people can read and you know get get the glimpse of what you actually studied for years and what you fought. And, and I, I can't wait to to read it myself. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank y'all. Greatly appreciate it, man. It was this was a long time coming, but uh, I'm glad we made it happen. Yeah, yeah me too. Yep. This was. Very thoughtful, very insightful, and a shit ton of fun. Yeah. Yep. Shit ton of fun. Shit ton of fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everything was a shit ton of fun. Yep. All right. And you didn't threaten eight-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> you always, See, you always say that, but like that part of the podcast got cut out. So I know. nobody knows what you're talking we'll about other story. than it sounds like I threatened eight-year-olds. <laughs> you did. <laughs> All right, next week we're going to have Nick from the Cigar Pulpit. Yeah, on um, from my hometown or from my yeah from, from my your, old from stomping ground. So yeah. I'm looking forward. Nick's great. Yep. So we're going to have him on. Look, really looking forward to that. Um, we've got some other stuff coming up down the pipeline that we're really excited about yeah. um, to talk about. Some big announcements uh, about um, some some new things we're doing yep. and uh, uh, some new partnerships we have and the uh, word. To say we're super excited about that would that's, be that's a downplay. That's a downplay. <laughs> yes, it is, and we are um, we, with uh, some people we're really excited, excited about. So. Yep. All right, uh, Doctor Smith, Dr. it's Smith. been awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for sharing with us. Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, we will see everybody next week. Good. Later. Later.